10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2,
Hallyho Gamerinos and a good morning, afternoon, evening and good night to all our listeners on this fine Sunday the 17th of June. My name is James and welcome back to the Tally Ho Show. There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and this is now episode 8, and we've got some fantastic topics to discuss today, we've also got some awesome gaming soundtracks, and of course we do have the next exciting part of the Throne of Games. Is our current king going to succeed for just second week in a row, or is his reign already coming to an end? Because Andy is the one who's going to do the king, you know where I'm standing in this situation. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, the decision is up to you. But, as always, I am not alone, and that means handing over and introducing to my tally co-host. Some say he holds the fourth piece of the Triforce, and that he has beaten all of the Dark Souls games perfectly without even using a controller. All we know is, he's called the British Andy. Hello, good sir, how are you today? Tally how to you. I've been, I've been very well, thank you. been very well indeed, and uh, no one, you, you, that was a secret, James, with the, with the fourth piece of the Triforce. Now everyone uh, so, knows. <laughs> yes, but considering everyone's going to come at you anyway for the front of games, let's let them have that extra incentive for them to try and take you down. <sighs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much indeed, James. Thank you. And welcome to everyone that is tuning right now to the Tally Ho Show live on Twitch. All available to download by podcast, uh, by SoundCloud, and or iTunes. Hopefully you're all having yourselves a very, very good Sunday. Again, wherever you listen to this live, or any day if you listen to the podcast. And again, as what James says, this is episode 8. We are two more episodes away until the end of the season, of the first season of the Tally Ho Show. It's been, it's been a really good, bit of, like, a very good roller coaster of a journey of uh, doing this show. Hasn't it been, Jim? Hasn't it been, James? Yes, we've learned so many new things. We learned about why everybody, who's everybody's favourite. We've learned lots of different topics of what everyone discusses. And most importantly of all, we've learned that Andrew loves Superman 64. So, something you learn, something you learn every single day. Um, on that note, we're not alone on this, uh, on this show. It's, we have another special guest. We have two guest shows in almost... Two shows, we're doing well. No, back back to back, which is great. So for this episode, we have a very good friend of the show. Is his name is none other than he is a he is a random genius. He is a genius of many, many things. It is none other than our good friend Ian, aka the random genius. Woo! Thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, pleasure to be on here today. How are you, sir? Hopefully you're having yourself a very, very good day today. Yeah, it's been quite all right. Um, just been sort of uh, relaxing and prepping for, uh, for today's uh, Throne of Games, oh, which boy. is going to be interesting. Let me tell you, it's going to be very, very interesting to say the least. So um, yeah, so guys, after after our intro and our first topic, we do have the Throne of Games, where everyone that is listening in live can take part, and you have the power to decide uh, which character stays or which par- character go, uh, which character takes over the throne for the uh, for the throne of games so uh it's gonna be very interesting stuff interesting stuff indeed we're also gonna be talking with ian uh a little bit about himself how he got into gaming if he does like any certain projects at all and then we're gonna go straight into our topics and we have some good tunes to play for you as well so uh, you know we've got a good over maybe two hours of uh good really 
epic content for you to enjoy. And yeah, that's it's pretty much how, how we're going to roll today. We also have, as I say, everyone that's chatting right now in the chat room. Thank you to everyone that is uh, chatting right now. Let's say hello to, we here say hello to Edge, who has destroyed my apartment again. Surprise, surprise. Um, he seems to do that every time. He seems to do that every single time. I mean, uh, is he just got uh, the Demolition Squad on speed dial, or is he just secretly the Kool-Aid man? Well, secretly he's the Juggernaut. That as well. But he, he does, I, I have seen like a wrecking ball like nearby my place. And you know, no, you know, nobody's in it. And then every time I go live, it's like it's just I, it I, moves I, just a little bit closer to your house. He remotely controls the wrecking ball, and uh, all the way from the other side of Canada. <laughs> Edge, I am gonna say this now: if you do not shout out, I came in like a wrecking ball, and you knock his house down, I'm gonna be extremely disappointed. Well then. Well so yeah, so we have Edge, we have Ai, uh, we have Shenmue, Shenmue, hello to you, uh, Mr. Bonato's here as well, uh, we have Ian that's chatting right now as well, the random genius, uh, we also have Silent Caster, Silent Caster who says, tally ho, so much Britishness indeed, so howdy to you sir, how are you, hopefully you're having a great day, um, but yeah, no, uh, James, I'll make you a deal, <laughs> that's what Edge says. Is, is it a deal with the devil? Yeah, with Edge, it is. Depends on who's the devil. <laughs> yeah, it's it. That's a good question. Is it Edge or is it James? Answers on a postcard. <laughs> and uh, Ian says, well, it's sure not uh, Ellery or Leroy. Hey. <laughs> with a, with a Yay, for, uh, yay for random RPG references that absolutely no one is going to get. Exactly, exactly indeed. <laughs> so thank you as well to all of you that have come by and chatting. Um, yeah, as I say, we've got a, we've got a jam-packed show for you as well. Um, first of all, James, how are you doing today? Hopefully, hopefully you've been well. I've been pretty damn good, actually. Just been sorting out the rest of my house, and we have just recently bought a hot tub. So, as you know, I've been spending most of my time soaking up, and it is awesome. As well as enjoying the weather, and more importantly for myself as well, because I'm a huge football fan, the World Cup has begun. Unfortunately... Yeah. I've done the sweepstake, and my teams are pretty much going out straight away, which I'm not happy with, but... Well, Wait, you know, it's sports do. ball. Sports ball, yes. <laughs> All of the sports. Not, no matter what you say, Andy, it is football.soccer. You may be over to Canada, but you still need to speak to the football. I still call it football. <laughs> Queen's English. I still call it football. There are two words that I still call from being back in Blighty. Football, because that's correct, you kick a ball with your foot. Not carry a ball, which doesn't look like a ball. <laughs> and then and most, and most important as well, we create the sport, we get to bloody name it. Indeed. And also I say aluminium. It's, it's alum, aluminium, not aluminum, okay? So just saying, just saying. <laughs> also, I'm totally uh, not jealous of you having a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, yeah, I'm quite happy to rub that in your face, Andy. But then again, you had the hot weather last yesterday and we had it almost raining or really, really cloudy, so... Yeah, yeah um, torrential rainstorms is not a really a good hot tub weather. Not unless you hide underneath. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> Just hide under the water and the rain doesn't hit you. If, you if, I'm, all if I'm already wet, then I cannot possibly get any wetter. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going to get soaked, at least let, let it be on your own terms. 
indeed, indeed. Also, quickly, I forgot to mention, Davis. You, you said to me yesterday with, when you were sweepstakes for the World Cup, you, you had Serbia and Switzerland, right? Yep, this, yep. Serbia and those neutral bloody people. <laughs> the Swiss. So, <laughs> I think, if I recall, Serbia beat Costa Rica 1 0. I know! I'm actually, I'm so happy about that! So, and then I realised who's Switzerland, who, what the next game is. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> it's Switzerland versus Brazil. I am no way in hell going to win that one. Well, you never know. You oh, never know. Weirder things have happened in the World Cup. Very good point, especially yesterday with Iceland and Argentina. Yes, yes, indeed. That was certainly a turn up for the books. Indeed. So hopefully the Swiss will get into the knockout stages and, uh, you know, get all the way through and possibly win the World Cup. I, I would have been mad. <laughs> That More than likely, what's going to happen is the um, the Swiss will take a neutral side to it, and because of that, the Italians will change sides halfway through. <laughs> Even though they're not in the World Cup. <laughs> They'll find a way. They'll find a way. <laughs> uh, Edge quickly says, I'll pay the bill for wrecking Andy's house whenever I come, out, come on and throw in a bottle of Canadian beer for you. Okay, fine. So, if Ed- Edge comes on the show sometime in the future then he'll stop destroying my place we need to talk for that one for at least those three hours because you don't know what's going to happen after that indeed indeed <laughs> and Shemu says you sir you sir it with a sock <laughs> oh yeah soccer you sir it with a sock uh, I get it I get it funny funny he doesn't really <laughs> oh good it Stop get stop getting into my head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm in everyone's head. Yes. <laughs> in case Jesus you... Christ, that's evil. In, in case... like <laughs> and with that, in case you wanted to know exactly who did our who did our voice clips, you know, for the jingles that we do, Mr. Ian is the voice. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, uh... yeah, that makes more sense now. <laughs> Yes, I was asked to um, do a couple of uh, little promo clips for Andy and James for the show. And I thought, you know what, let's just go the whole hog. And I did about eight to ten of them for you guys, um, of which one has been played on pretty much every show, um, including such uh, delights as the Persona one from uh, a few shows back, which I personally enjoyed. That, That was a good one. I did enjoy that one greatly. I'll also be a bit peeved off at the fact that you've done at least eight of those and Andy's only played one. <laughs> it just seems like those other seven are going to waste at the moment. I mean, that would be if, if, if I only played like one of them out of like how many episodes. It's like, you, I did all this work for you. But... No, I did all no. this work and you've given me nothing back. I'll just, oh wait, all, all maybe, I got oh, was this. way of compensating the fact that we haven't used our jingles. That's why we've invited Ian on. Sort of sweeten the deal with that. Yeah. I I did all these jingles and all I got was a lousy t shirt and a very good British Andy mug. There you go. There you go. You got a t shirt? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's what you get for being a host on the show, James. (laughs) Where's my British Andy mug though? You you give to the viewers. You don't take. Also, if you want to be a mug, you've got to win it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, yes. Anyway, let us go into uh, into our little introduction and talk 
let's let's get to know a little bit about you, Ian. So, you know, for everyone that's listening in, either live or in the podcast, tell us a bit about yourself. How you got into games? What's your most favourite game? What's your least favourite game? And are you doing any like specific like you know projects that you wanna that you're doing as of right now, or you want to do in the future? Um, sure. <clears throat> Sorry. So yes, um, I am the Random Genius. Also goes, I also go by TA Black, and I'm often uh, seen and stroke heard over on uh, Last Minute Continue, which is the site that uh, a friend of the show Kev was um, uh, uh, does, and uh, he's been on the show so four or five episodes ago. Uh, it was episode. Three, yeah, it was actually. Two, I think it was fifth. I think it was fourth episode. Five episodes. <clears throat> So yes, I do a lot of stuff for uh, his channel and uh, his streams and such, and yeah, um, started uh, sort of getting into video games at a fairly early age. Um, you know, sort of being sort of uh, fairly young, sort of around the time of the uh, uh, the video game TV shows. I used to watch a ton of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and Sat AM uh, Sonic when I was small, and I mean really small. Um, so that sort of imprinted on me when I was young, and then it was sort of first actual games console proper that I owned was um, a Game Boy given to me by my parents on Christmas, and I always remember the three games I played on it: Super Mario Land, which is of course the first Mario game on the Game Boy. Very archaic now, but at the time it was fairly archaic. Uh, Tetris, of course, everyone's favourite puzzle game. And something that probably influenced my gaming um, tastes for uh, probably into, up until this day, Battletoads. Ah, yes. Good old Battletoads. Battletoads for the Game Boy. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> I haven't played Battletoads on the Game Boy, actually. Um, it was the version which was basically the Game Boy port of the NES game. So, Turbo Tunnel, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. So that was those were the first three games I ever played. And as time went on, I got more into the Nintendo uh, franchise. So the Zelda, uh, I'm a particular fan of. Um, then there's Metroid, uh, which I can't just got into fairly late on, but still loved old Mario games. And then it started uh, sort of into different things. And then I think the thing that really influenced my gaming sort of my sort of gaming tastes was Final Fantasy IX. Okay. And if oh. you know me at all, which a uh, few people in the in the chat know me, um, is that Final Fantasy IX pretty much dictated my absolute love of role playing games. So playing that sort of just opened up this whole world of games to me. And since then, I've been a huge advocate for RPGs. You must be looking forward to the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, then. Um, I'm interested by it. It's going to be different, um, but yeah, yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. And uh, as you can no doubt tell from the uh, avatar that's currently showing on screen, uh, I'm a bit of a Persona fan. Just a little. Don't say. <laughs> so much so that he has an icon of him as a Persona character. <laughs> In the Persona style, I should say. Indeed. Persona character was the old one. Yeah. 
Ein says quickly, well, we all, we all know what E3 gaming is interested in, and Shenmue goes, FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> go sports ball! Go team! Go go red team! Beat that purple team! Yes. Yeah. D did you see that ludicrous display last night? Oh, I know. Which one? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> you do know, yeah, like some of these people, some of these people on the show are probably trying to escape this uh, World Cup by going into what hearing us where we're discussing <laughs> currently the World Cup. We're uh, but if we're talking about escape. World Cup video games, then we're going all meta. That oh is yeah, true. that is true. That was that was a previous episode, wasn't there? We talked about sports games, didn't we? We did, and we're going to talk about it right now FIFA World Cup 2014, the game. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Ian. Please continue. Um, that was pretty much it, really. <laughs> that's just, just, just turn around. Yeah, no, no, that's it. That's, that's all I got. All you got. You got? You've killed the discussion, Andy. You've killed the discussion, as I do all the time. As I do. That's it. Not as a simple, uh, just killed it. This is as in clean save and just decapitated it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Welcome. Is there any, like, uh, things that you're doing, like, projects that you want to get in? Are you doing, like, streaming, um, reviews, or something? Uh, as mentioned before, I um, help out with the um, Last Minute Continue streams, which mm. are uh, half eight um, GMT, BST on Sundays. Uh, I'm one of the uh, aforementioned uh, uh, crew, so I get involved in various multiplayer stuff and co-coms and such. And as some people in the chat may know who have been on LMC, I am what is known as, uh, often known as the Quip King, uh, due to my uh, higher than average dominance of Quiplash. Indeed. If you, if you play a game of Quiplash with uh, Mr. Ian here, um, you know, no, no contest. He'll, he'll just destroy you <laughs> multiple times because of his wittiness and everyone seems to everyone's or it's a case of like you see a witty answer and a not so witty answer you're like ha the witty answer's Ian I'm going for this one and then you find out the not so witty answer is actually Ian <laughs> he just it's gone to, the stage, gone to the stage where I just double bluff everyone yeah you do it's just like <laughs> Ein's like I give him a run for his money yeah you're, you're usually cool, the one we that have a it. challenge Ein usually gives Ian a run for his money when it comes to being the quip team. He usually takes it and then Ian just takes it back again. And I, I just it. sort of snipe it at the end and uh, everyone just sort of face palms when uh, the inevitable um, mention comes up. Indeed. <laughs> but it's all in. And Ian just wiping it off everyone, just going, what's the bar of you? That belongs to me. Yeah. <laughs> Property of the random genius, do not steal. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, Shemu says next was showing... Uh, Kiwami 2, getting the players, uh, GR again. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, M Mr. Goro Majima. Goro Majima, indeed. A legend. So, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a bit, a little bit about, um, Ian. Uh, so thank you very much indeed for, uh, you know, having, uh, getting to, for us to get to know you a little bit about, a little bit about yourself and what you do, and with your gaming as well. Um, so I think we're going to get straight in with our first topic. And of course, it's a very formal welcome as well to the Tally Home Show to Ian. Indeed. indeed. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
Irony O'Shea has just said this is a talk show. Yes, it is, as we're about to start off because we are literally just about to go into our first topic, which is actually my topic for this week. And the topic is a Calvary E3. Huh? Huh? James? Uh oh. I think we've lost James. I think we've lost him again. <laughs> Try checking down the back of the sofa. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just have that. Well, I found a dollar. I found a, a, a loony. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself a, a one dollar, a one dollar coin. So that that's fine. But no, no. James. Hello. Hello. Uh, I, hello. I have no idea how this is happening. See, I told you my Discord was worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's the power going in and out again. It must be. That's it always seems to freaking. It always seems to happen every time we do a show. Your your power goes when we're like talking normally. It's like no, nothing happens. It's like your power oh, doesn't right. like doesn't like the show or something. It, it's All like those times that. I've made fun of Twitch and now they're having a go at me for it. Now they're taking a revenge. It's like uh, your computer's going, right, okay, this is nice and normal, nice and normal. Ah, you're going to do something critically important on the internet. Shut down everything. <laughs> be a shame if you stop talking. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Anyway, yeah. It, it, so, it's, it's, like, it's like your service in Madagascar and someone's just coughed over in Brazil and it's just gone shut down <laughs> everything. Yeah, that makes more sense, actually. I, I will Classic have, email uh, those that are interested. I, I will have words with Brazil. <laughs> After this, to say please fix our servers. <laughs> Episode 9, the tally ho servers. Uh. <laughs> anyway, let's get. I should probably get started before my uh, mic goes again. So, our first topic for today, uh, the one I've picked, is a question for you two gentlemen. Hmm. And it's a would you rather question. Okay. Game related as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, would you, would you rather play a game that had absolutely a fantastic story that got you hooked in? But it had the worst graphics. I'm talking about ET-style graphics back in the Atari. Or would you have God graphic displays that you get in today's sort of um, games with like computer, PlayStation 4, Xbox sort of style. And I mean, these are talking perfection graphics where the storyline was just absolutely rubbish. You just couldn't get into it. So what's more, so what would you prefer? A game with great story, but shoddy graphics, or with godlike graphics display, but a bad storyline? And because it is, uh, we have a brand new guest, I'm going to open the floor to you, Ian, so you can start us off. So what do you believe? It's an interesting um, discussion there regarding sort of the whole difference between graphics and storyline. For my opinion, it has to be the story. Story takes precedence over everything else. Um, so, yeah, basically, you've just got. If it doesn't have a good enough story to engage me, then I'm sorry. It could be absolutely fantastic. It could be the best looking thing on the systems. If it doesn't engage me in a story, then I'm sorry. I'm not going to be interested. I. It has to be a good, um, good solid story. Really sort of good grounding of the characters, or just generally just be really sort of enjoyable and if the graphics are bad then well, the graphics are bad um, I mean heck that's what um, that's what all the sort of the the big games sort of way back then the NES, NES area were, were like sort of the graphics weren't brilliant but you could sort of but some of the games you understood the stories you got into them they actually managed to tell something deep so it's just a case of 
you can live with bad graphics. You can't live with a bad story. Yeah, I think that's the same because it seems like a lot of uh, companies now are re, pretty much uh, remastering old, uh, like PlayStation One and Xbox games and old Nintendo games, but to do up the graphics because they knew that the graphics may have been awful, but the fact that it was a great story, it was just great, great gameplay itself that it sold millions, and that's why people called it in. There's been a couple of games that have come out recently that have just like the graphics have just been brilliant, but at the same time they just you just couldn't get into them as much as you wanted to. Yes, um, that is certainly the problem with with a couple of games is that they have just gone, in my opinion, they've gone more towards the graphic side of things than the actual plotting, and they you lose some of that if you go too far. Um, but yes, it's uh, it is sort of one of these things that I sort of go well ideally you want the best of both worlds but if you don't have a good enough story to keep people interested then why are you playing the game aside from going ooh look at the pretty butterfly ooh a butterfly <laughs> oh it's dead right, is this it? again? but yes that's uh, pretty much um, that's pretty much sort of my opinion on the matter and uh, so yeah I think yeah, because uh, I'm I'm in the same uh, boat uh, with Ian in a way. Um, it's like <laughs> sure you can have. I mean, like coming with it as well. There are some games that have recently come out that have amazing graphics and also a decent story. I mean, I haven't played it, but God of War on the PS4. I've heard so many great reviews on on God of War, not just from critics, but actually like gamers as well saying how amazing it is how great the, the you know how gorgeous everything looks the characters how they've been set out and the look at them look of them and also the fact that how great the story is so i mean in a way it's like some games like you know the the um you know people get it right the game developers get it right when it with the graphics and the, the storyline but yeah as you say there are there are some times where you know you you have a game that has like amazing uh, such amazing detail but the story was just you know it's just it's lazy like to some extent and other things as well the story is absolutely tremendous but the graphics aren't like not very dated so to say um for me personally as i say i'm in the same boat as in uh, i would prefer i would prefer honestly a good storyline rather than amazing graphics i mean it's like you know sometimes with games yeah they're not going to be the greatest look wise but it's like if you can get past that by saying, you know, if you if you just look at a, if you take if you look at a game, and the first thing you notice is the graphics, and you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to buy that. Look, it's just garbage. And then it's like, well, you know, you can't just assume that a game with not very good, not not just not very good looks wise with like the graphics and everything and the detail, you know, you can't just assume that is a bad game. You should at least like give it a go see how it is like with like the controls the storyline how it feels you know get, just get the feel of everything what the game like has to offer then put in your ten, then put in your two cents because you can say yeah okay the look the look of it the whole surrounding of it it's not the best but hey I, I enjoyed it and I was actually like, you know, I've, I had some feelings towards the characters in a way, you know, and I had some emotions towards that and that, you know, that's what I feel like video games 
do well with when it comes to a story. If you have a really good storyline and you have really good characters that people can like or not like, you've got you've you've got a good you've got a you've got a win when it comes to when it comes to those games. Yeah, I was going to say that um, Edge has raised really good points regarding Final Fantasy Thirteen. Um, mm. was, re- was sort of designed for um, PS3 and 360, sort of built up from that, and it was graphically wonderful at the time. Absolutely uh, looked the, the part. The story, however, um, definitely left a lot to be desired. Um, yeah, uh, that was actually one of my examples of uh, good graphics, bad story. Final Fantasy 13. That's a thing. Oh, oh, as, as, I like, oh. uh, as I like to call it, Corridor Walking Simulator 2006. Ironically, <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee someone has probably created that called Corridor Walking Simulator. And if you have, please, someone po- if someone knows that that's been created, please post it. It's probably on, on Steam somewhere. You, you could just go I on... I want to see this. I want to see how good it is. Go, go on Steam, type in Corridor Simulator. I'm sure I'm sure it's there. Probably made by the people that made Totally Accurate Simulator or something like that. <laughs> simulator Simulator. You too can create your own simulator game using this simulator engine. Exactly. See? Simulation. Game of the game of the century. Um, <laughs> Shenmue says um, Final Fantasy. I believe, yeah, Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy VI uh, is the best Final Fantasy. Much, much better than Final Fantasy XV. Um, am I? Is that regarding with like the story, Shenmue, or like? Um, feel free to let us know on that. By the way, guys, um, in the chat, feel free to uh, let us know what you prefer. Do you prefer uh, games that have uh, really good graphics but bad storyline, or do you prefer a game that has an amazing storyline but like not the best graphics? I mean, are there a particular? Uh, is there any particular game that stands out for you? The fact that because I've got one, and I don't know, it might be a bit controversial. Uh, I've got one that sort of squarely sits with good graphics, but bad story that isn't Final Fantasy. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this. And it's Star Fox Adventures. I just <laughs> cannot get into that game. I've played, I've completed it, but the story is just... What is the story? The graphics are absolutely superb. I mean, for the GameCube it was phenomenal. Um, especially the water effects and such, but the I just couldn't get into the story. The story just killed it for me. That's where I'm going to interrupt and say you're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but I, I, I get, I get what you say. Like you know, the story is a hit and miss when it comes to Star Fox Adventures. Me personally, yeah, the graphics are. I feel like for me personally, Star Fox Adventures is one of those games where the graphics are amazing and the story's decent as well it's cheesy that's the one thing and it's like i mean it's totally something completely different from the star fox franchises you know they decided to just go completely out of it like out of the box see how it goes and yeah i i i I agree it's like the story is not is not not enjoyable for some but it is you know enjoyable for others um but yeah no i I, i'd say that you know it's a cheesy storyline uh you know gives gives a few giggles here and there and yeah i i enjoyed it but i i get what you say in like you know like the, the story like for some people it, it's not the best yeah and i can understand that sort of for, for others they sort of really get into the sort of the story in the background of, of uh, dinosaur planet but yeah for me like, it was just, it just missed on all fronts on personally hmm. um 
Um, Iron Yoshi so has brought up a good point here regarding moral choices with, uh, with games. Yeah, I love the whole uh, moral choices. The ones that actually give you, like, your efforts are basically changing the course of the whole game. That's a brilliant feature, and I think more games need to have that sort of feature because it's all right playing one linear story where it just goes for once, like, one bit, and you do every single level correctly and all that stuff, which is fair enough because some people like that sort of games. But when you're given the choice of whether to be the good guy, the bad guy, because I think everyone has got, everyone seems to have that little bit of evilness inside them. Whether you're good, you're, whether you're wholly good, wholly evil, you've always got that separate, like, a, a, a devil angel sort of on your shoulder face. And more, and the games with more choices give you the choice to sort of go, actually, what would happen if I was a bit evil and went down this route? I think that's a brilliant thing to have, in my own opinion. I mean, like, not so much as, like, choose your... I mean, like, if you want to get pick it, like pick a game with, like, choose your path with, like, moral choices, um, you've got, like, Shadow the Hedgehog to some extent. Um, all Hell Shadow. All Hell Shadow. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, when you pick good or evil, like, that game you can decide where you want to be, like, a good guy or a bad guy. Um, with other things, like, you, we're choosing, like, paths and having, like, circumstances happening, regardless of what paths you can take. There's a few games out there that has that. Um, one recent game that does that, which I've seen, like, on, like, watch the stream of, is uh, Detroit Become Human, which is... Uh, That's not yeah. Which, uh, that seems to have it, and it's like, I've I seen, like, one chapter where it's, like, you know, the, the, the person that was streaming it, um, you know, he was playing through, like, this park as one of the androids uh, with, a, with a detective, and all the things that he made, you know, he, he had, like, he had a fighting sequence with another android. Um, during that fighting sequence, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else on there. I'm going to leave it um, because there's spoilers, and I don't want to spoil it. Spoiler alert! Yeah, don't, don't, don't want that, but... In the end, he made he made a decision, and then at the like, after that chapter, the the whole thing comes in, going showing you like a like a tree, um, and it just shows you like you took this path, you took this path, you took this path, and it shows you like okay, you did this, but here's all these other things that you could have done to get these other endings of that chapter, which I feel like in a way is really really good because you feel like with that you want to get the good like the good ending on like certain chapters or at the end of the game so if you see like you went through this old path oh by the way you missed like you know you were one step away from getting that good ending or one step away from the bad ending and you're just like ah oh. so you know it, it makes you feel like once you complete the game you want to get back into it and play it again and again and again and again so guaranteed the time guaranteed the time i do i play a game like that again it'll just it won't say you could have done this it'll be you screwed up here you screwed up here you screwed up here you certainly screwed up here screwed this up screwed this up actually you know what you didn't do anything right you're an evil person you just go on you know what go give us a story i don't care <laughs> it's this it's the sort of topic behind some of the visual novels as well as that sort of some visual novels you go down certain routes depending on how you interact with characters and such and yeah, sort of taking that and putting it into the sort of mainstream um, or mainstream type games um, I, I think my personal opinion is that the idea with moral choices is really good and sort of really lends sort of depth and such and replayability but it's just whether that replayability works if it just ends up going the fact that by doing no. this thing you just did one small thing then yeah, well, it's not like yeah. a major difference. If it, you do whatever more choice you want, you still get the same results. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, what was it? Uh, Wolfenstein, the uh, the old blood has got that. 
feature. It does one point where you do that. You have to choose who to save, but in the end, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the, um, the whole game and the whole ending. So you just feel like I didn't really. Oh, there wasn't really much like pressure behind that decision in the end, was there? So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I haven't technically played the new Wolfenstein game, but, you know, it's like, with with those, like, mobile choice type games, yeah, it's, again, it's kind of like a hit and miss thing. You have to, it has to work really well, and you have to, like, do good with, like, the choices that you make in the, you know, the ending. Because if it go, if you pretty much, if you do, like, one way, and you get a specific ending, and then you play again, and then you do a different way, and it's, like, kind of the same thing, it's kind of just like, well, I just wasted my time doing that. Waste of my time replaying it, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Yoshi quickly says, because he asks the question, um, he says, what would you rather play? Uh, would you rather play Fable or Infamous? Uh, or Infamous over Fable? Um, I'm guessing, like, I think we've... I've played I've, I've played the original Infamous and a couple of, like, uh, the Fable game, the old Fable games. Um, guys, let's let's go for this. Like for for something with like graphics and story wise between like Fable and Infamous, we'll just say this quickly. What would you prefer, like Fable? Fable, hands Fable, down. Fable for you. Fable, never hands played, down. Never played Infamous, so it has to be Fable by default. I can't say I want. I can't say I prefer a game if I've never played it. Mm, now that's understandable. Um, I've, uh, I played Fable. I played uh, Infamous Second Son. But I got I got through it so quickly. I didn't realise that it had finished by the end of it. Yeah, uh. that's the end. What the hell? Why was that? I, got I finished the tutorial. I finished the caught, tutorial. Wait, why are the words scrolling up now? Yeah, that's, <laughs> honestly, that's what it honestly felt like. That that I've just finished like a tutorial or finished like one like half of it, the mission. I thought, okay, so we're on to the second half of the mission, and the credits are rolling. Oh. oh, I didn't really get into it as much, but Fable, because um, it was one of the first PC games I played, and it just got me hooked straight into it. And it's just, it took you ages and ages. It was more, it took you time more traveling, but at the same time, it, I preferred it a hell of a lot more than Infamous, especially out of the two. It had definitely been Fable. The lasting memory I have of Fable 3 is the fact that you could make uh, declarations as the king whilst wearing a chicken costume. That oh, queen. was awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. um, you are literally king. the chicken king. Yes, and that's my only memory of the game. Um, yeah, Fable was okay, but not really that good in my opinion. It was a, a nice time filler, but it wasn't much else from, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, but the moral choices as well were actually part of Fable, the main thing, because during the end of it, it was a case of you had to decide whether you would get the money, I think, to save your, like, country, but then break some of your promises you've made, or keep the promises you've made, but probably end up with a lot of dead people. You see, at that point in the game, I was a property magnet and who controlled the entire kingdom, so yeah, money wasn't was the like... problem. <laughs> and that's the thing with these kind of things, is that sort of, if you, is that sort of, they present you with these choices, um, but it's the case of, well, if you really want to make these choices, then how come there are all these workarounds? If you want to sort of primarily say, do you want to be good or bad? Or just go, well, you could sort of 
put plow all the money towards civil uh, civic projects and not towards the army. Or I could use my enormous wealth in order to maintain the funds and keep everyone happy and keep everyone sort of nice and happy and no one died. And then uh, I get to be the chicken king. <laughs> you're so adamant. You're so adamant about being the chicken king, aren't you? King of the chickens. <laughs> it's, it's the best what's, king. What's all, what has our king just said? He said, I spoke the words, thou shalt fuck egg. He said free eggs for everyone. He's <laughs> <laughs> got my vote. <laughs> Free yeah. chicken coop for everyone. For me, chicken king, chicken king. For, for me, I would have to go with Fable. I mean, Infamous. It's a good game. It has a has a, a it has a good story. I've only played the first Infamous, so as uh, apparently as what Yoshi says, original Infamous compared to Second Son, in my opinion, story wise is longer. Um, but I've only played the original Infamous. Um, it was okay, but I would prefer Fable because you know the the story is really really good for uh, for what it is, and also like you know I've I've only played uh, what game? I think I've only played like the second one. So, but again, I enjoyed that. Really good storyline. Uh, you know, really nice graphics as well. Um, so yeah, for me, it would have to be uh, Fable uh, over Infamous on that, for sure. And then Ayn says, I raise you one with Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> again, not played it, so no opinion. Yeah, yeah. And he said, to be fair, Ian once praised the chicken god. <laughs> you annoyed the gods of the chicken. Oh, my Colonel Sanders comes down and haunts your dreams. <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, uh, yes, yes. More, more role-playing uh, shenanigans. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> gotta love them role-playing shenanigans. They're the best kind of shenanigans. <laughs> okay, so... Okay. Think... Oh, after you, James. Yeah. I think um, if you guys are happy, I'm more than happy to go to a conclusion that would be like. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Let's do let's yeah. our conclusion. Okay then, so uh, the question we had at the beginning was Would you rather play a game with great story but shoddy graphics Or would you rather play a game with god graphic displays but a bad storyline And uh, even though I've got kind of an idea how this is going to end But sod it, let's go for it So Andy, what will you choose? For me, definitely it has to be uh, a good storyline I don't really care about the graphics As long as there is a story that I can get into That I can feel emotionally for and just works well and you know just blends in good with the with the controlling and the style of everything that's a win for me so i prefer a story rather than graphics excellent so we got one for uh, great story short graphics and ian yourself uh, i agree with andy it has to be uh, the story over the graphics in my opinion um, it may look absolutely fantastic, but if it doesn't have something to keep the player interested or to keep me engaged in the story, then all it's going to be is either going to be a time waste or I'm just not going to be as engaged as something else which has um, a really strong story, something that keeps me wanting to play this more and more and more and actually get invested in the characters. That makes, well, that makes sense. And yeah, as well as me, mate, guys, it's going to be a great story over graphics any day. You can have fantastic graphics, but if you can't play it, it's like Ian, then Ian's just said, if you've got a bad story, no one's going to want to play it. So, so there we are, guys. That was our first topic completed. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel like uh, lots of our viewers would like to listen to some fantastic gaming music. What do you say? I think that's a great no. idea. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. So okay. It's a tied vote. So how are we going to do this? <laughs> Simple. It's I, my vote. I, I, so I'll say it. We'll go. I defer to Andy's judgment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, okay. What we're going to do is because we're tight, we need to form a coalition, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, don't we have one of those? And only... <laughs> you know how okay. those go well. <laughs> yeah, but except for this one. This is sort of like the little. This is the one that actually does work, collaborating. Indeed. Think indeed. So anyway. Nick quickly says, he says, hi, Andy, in chat. So hello to you, Nick. How are you? Sally, how are you? Uh, what about that gameplay, though? With the stuff, with the things. I mean, yeah, if it has good gameplay, like with a game, and good graphics. Yeah, yeah, good, good controls are obviously going to be uh, a main thing with um, with games. But the uh, thing uh, is, with, with certain games, yeah, certain games you can learn to get over bad controls. You can't learn to get over a bad story. Hmm, that is true. And so I totally agree with that. And I know, and Yoshi says got to go. So thank you so much for coming by, Yoshi. Thank you so much for stopping by. Always greatly appreciated for you always coming in to tune into the show. So yeah, James, what what do we got this time? What what songs have you picked for for this episode? Well, for my first two songs, we're going back into the past. We're going to go from the Nintendo 64 console, and then we're going to go into the PlayStation 2s. And these are going to be two games that I fully remember playing. One of them was, in fact, the very first PlayStation 2 game I ever bought. So I remember this music, and I just remember the game so much because I really want to get PlayStation 2 just to play it again. Again, though, it was bad. It was bad graphics, but the gameplay was solid, and the story as well was brilliant. That's why I love playing it. So we're going to start off our first one, which I believe, if I just bring this back up, was um, from. Oh. I think we've oh, lost James again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It, okay, c- so computers like saying no you're not we're not going to find out what music you've played yeah, yeah okay so we're going to start off with on the nintendo 64 it was super mario and this is cooper's road and you are listening in to the tally ho show with me james and me andy and with our special guest ian we shall be back in just a short while, so just sit back, relax, get yourself a nice brew, and enjoy this fantastic music. And avoid the banana skins. Please do.
And so, the journey continues. Step forth, brave warrior, for you must fight to take the ultimate title this universe has ever known. King or Queen of the Throne of Games. Welcome back to the Tally Hole Show with James and Andy and our special guest star for today, Ian for the Random Genius. Now, the songs that we just heard was Cooper's Road on Super Mario 64 and Underworld Area Music Number 2 for Maximo Ghosts to Glory. Now, as you can tell from the music, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. It is time for the next Throne of Games. Now, for those of you who have never heard of this before, you're probably wondering what's going on. Basically, every week, me and Andy would get two characters together and they would fight it out to, and uh, basically, we discuss uh, who should be the king or queen of the throne of games. He's gone again. <laughs> I insert elevator music here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. There we go. I hate this. Why is it doing this? I don't understand. It's your computer. Let's just blame your computer and your internet. Actually, blame your house. Excuse me? I have not blamed the house at all. Thank you very much. Okay. Perhaps it just needs Edge crashing through it. Yeah, that's it. We need Edge crashing through the house and then everything will work. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Edge. <laughs> Still, you gotta break his house then, Edge. Uh... Anyway. Anyway, um, so yeah, the throne of games then. So, last, uh, if you were listening in on last week's show, uh, Diddy Kong took the crown away from Fox McCloud. So, Andy is now going to be holding on for Diddy Kong. However... Because we have a special guest star, our guest will be the one who introduces the next competitor. So, Ian, please tell us who was taken on Diddy Kong tonight for the throne of games. My esteemed judge, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I give to you the one true owner of the throne of games, the perfect prosecutor, Miles Edgeworth. Woo! I have a feeling it's my character at last! And Andy is in stunned silence. But will he, will he take the throne from the legendary chimpanzee Kong known as Diddy Kong? Yes. Yes, he will. We'll see about that. <laughs> so then, Ian, what what about what about Miles Edgeworth? T- t- tell us a little bit about Miles Edgeworth should be on the Game of Thrones. And then we'll have Andy come back saying why he shouldn't. And then we move on to Andy's side, who then does the exact same. Then they'll have a minute to basically get their own ideas in to try and sweeten the deal. Oh, Andy's also going to talk about how great Miles is. Oh, that's brilliant. Huh? No. (laughs) (laughs) About Diddy Kong, yes, but... (laughs) (laughs) 
Iron goes, objection. Yes. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of like objections and hold it and take that. <laughs> In this episode. Well, let me dive into my investigation record and I will tell you all about Miles Edgeworth. If you do, if you do not mind. Go the floor right is yours, Mr. Ian. So, for those who are perhaps not aware of the Ace Attorney games, um, Miles Edgeworth is one of the core characters of the series. He is initially introduced as the main antagonist of the first game, um, but basically evolves into a really strong, well-rounded character with his own sort of uh, motives and ideals, backgrounds and, and everything else, and that just adds more and more layers to the character. Um, you may be thinking why I'm not going for Phoenix Wright, uh, who is obviously the, the star of the series. And it's basically the case of, as per gaming canon, Phoenix Wright wants to be Galactus. Uh, go, I think Phoenix Wright facing against Diddy would just be too much overkill, so I'm thinking I might as well give the monkey a chance. Also, Mars is a much more interesting character, in my opinion. But, basically, Miles Edgeworth is this prosecutor who gives us off of, as this aura of coolness, of uh, perfection. Everything has to be immaculate. And once, um, and then once sort of Phoenix Wright sort of re-enters his life due to the fact that they were school friends, things sort of start changing for the better in his life. He sort of starts to see the truth in everything um, rather than sort of just being perfect and uh, sort of perfect all the time, and that carries on throughout the initial uh, trilogy of the games. That's uh, that's the uh, Phoenix Wright State Attorney, Justice for All, and uh, Trials and Tribulations. And that evolution just makes him so much of a more well-rounded character, sort of so much sort of depth and nuances to his character. And the fact that he is also got a killer sense of humor. He's sort of very sort of snarky and sort of very sort of. Um, it's all very snarky, very sort of good sense of humor, and sort of no, very sort of dry wit, and it's uh, a sort of reason why he's often portrayed as very sort of British, what with his cups of tea and um, and everything. Um, he's sort of he's surrounded by these cast of so many different people, um, but he's always he's always one of the ones that's always sort of been a firm fan uh, fan favorite. And he's just sort of very sort of uh, sort of relatable, sort of the whole sort of thing of everything has to be sort of you thinking that everything has to be perfect, and if it's not perfect, then it's not good enough. And instead, no, it's just sort of finding the, the sort of being the best of yourself. That's the main thing, and that's a really strong motive to get away from from his character arc. Um, he's also he's also much like everyone has his uh, secret uh, um, sort of nerdy obsessions. For example, being a huge fan of the Steel Samurai. Which is this kid's sort of um, uh, sort of, uh, sort of uh, Power Rangers esque um, sort of TV show, where he is just this case of yes, yes, this is a kids show. I am totally not got a, uh, a model of the silver of Silver Samurai in my office, and I don't have tickets to see his show. And no, that is not his that is not his uh, music on uh, ringtone on my phone. And it's, it's that kind of background thing that sort of really sort of sort of grounds the characters, makes them very sort of relatable, and also sort of makes him sort of a lot more enjoyable as well. So there's so much about him that's sort of so sort of varied, so interesting, and also he uses logic to defeat his uh, his enemies. Very few games do that. 
the only other characters are, of course, Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton. There is sort of, there's just sort of something interesting about just using logic to beat foes rather than just hitting them with a hammer or jumping on them or uh, blowing them up with 15 tons of C4. And that sort of really sort of makes it a lot more of an interesting character. Okay, so that's a good start from Marvel's Edgeworth from in there. Andy, do you have a rebuttal? I, I have maybe one thing to uh, to talk about about Mr. Edgeworth. I mean, yeah, he is a he is a great um, prosecution prosecutor attorney. Um, you know, uh, you know me getting into like say the Phoenix Wright games. I've always considered him like you know one of the like kind of like we say it's like Miles Edgeworth with with how he goes into the courtroom and stuff, it can be like a little bit edgy and a little a little bit tricky as well, especially when you're up against him. Um, it's funny though that when, you know, when you first, when the game introduces Miles at the, in the first game, you kind of feel like, you know, oh yeah, you know, he's uh, badass and cool and you know, he'll get the job done like regardless and he's like never lost a case at all. And uh, you know, he just, you know, does things well with his job um but as the game progresses you 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 start to as as the series progresses yeah i mean he then turns he then sees like more truth in things and that but because i feel like in a way when he when he starts to feel like decides to join and becomes more friendly like you know with phoenix and stuff it, it tends to be like a bit more of a it feels like he's uh like getting more soft in a way well, no, it's because he's becoming more of a rounded character um, because he sort of has spent so much uh, time being tutored by um, by this immensely sort of perfect uh, prosecutor who has to be perfect every single bit. And so his whole uh, sort of youth was sharpened by that. And that's his only way of thinking. And by the softening of that, by being reintroduced to Phoenix and having Gumshoe, Maya, um, Emma Sky, and all those others uh, around, sort of opens up and starts becoming sort of sort of less harsh and more sort of more sort of true as it were sort of back to where he was originally uh, because he, he wasn't harsh all the time he just grew up that way because of um, plot points that occurred in the first game which I won't say in case anyone has not played uh, the first Phoenix right title yes because that it's a little bit hard for me as well because there was like some things I want to explain like with the first Phoenix Wright game but yeah as you say spoilers I'm, I'm not going to say anything so it's like but yeah no I just felt like he be he becomes like I don't know like I apologise for saying this maybe a little bit more of a pushover when it comes to him trying to like figure like things out with his life and everything and trying to like team up with Phoenix and stuff and you know and uh, I, I, I don't think know. I've only got one thing to say about that. And what Objection. That oh, 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 here we go. Oh, he's gone. Oh, okay. Let Where is your evidence to say that such a thing? Have you got any evidence? Because after all, evidence is crucial in oh, this. Oh, here we freaking go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Don't tell me you weren't predicting this. <laughs> no, I was. I was just when, like expecting it. I was like thinking, when's it going to happen? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Now it happens. Now it happens. It's like, I don't know. 
I'm trying to remember because it's been a while since I played like the Phoenix Wright games because I feel like we've been like a pushover and stuff like you know you know you first see him as like being like a badass and everything and like you know oh so edgy and oh am I actually going to defeat him and then you do and then like as the game progresses um you know he then starts to like gets more like you know he doesn't show like him like be like him liking like the like Phoenix and the other guy and the other characters as well but he does to some extent uh, but isn't it in one of the uh, later games, I think, when he, you know, even though he has to, there's like one case that Phoenix and Miles have to face off again, but it's like Miles knows that his person that he's, you know, prosecuting, it's, you know, it's, it's he, what he's doing is wrong, but he has to do it anyway because it's his job. <laughs> it's wrong way. Um, that's because he's sort of now moved away from sort of, I have to prosecute because I have to, because I want to be perfect. I want to. I can see everyone as evil. In all the case of, I want to prosecute because I want to see the truth. I want to see precisely what has happened in this situation. And it's one of the major plot points of the second game is that um, is that idea. And I'm not going to say anymore because spoilers for the second game. Otherwise, but it is just sort of that logic and that sort of tenacity. It's just a case of. I don't care if I win or lose. I want to know the truth. And that's the important thing in the Phoenix Wright universe is that the truth will out. And that becomes a big thing later on in other games. Um, but yeah, that's the whole reason why. And Edgeworth will, will sometimes know that this is not right, but he will do it anyway because he wants justice to be done correctly. And he wants to be sure that the right person is is done rather than just being oh the defendant did it because the defendant because he's the defendant. Also, I'm just gonna go out on the limb and say this, but uh, Miles Edwards had more character development in one game than Diddy Kong has in his entire career. <laughs> Getting the burns in early, I see. <laughs> you had your chance last week <laughs> or last episode. <laughs> All right, James. <laughs> hey, I just I just said the mother season. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's, um, I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished with my, uh, with my, uh, my cons for Miles Edgeworth. Okay, the then, so... The prosecution rests. <laughs> well, not just yet. We still have the rest of the trial to go through. And speaking of the next part of the trial, it's now time for the defense's request of the King Diddy Kong. So, Andy, tell us, why should Diddy Kong remain as our king the front of games. Well, first of all, I just want to say a big hello to uh, Abigail, aka Gondor, who just popped into the chat. Hello, Tallyho, how are you? And a nine says, Andy, this is what you get for upsetting things with Diddy Kong. I'm not upsetting things with Diddy Kong. Here's my take of the greatest Kong around. And I honestly think, because Diddy Kong is actually one of my favourite characters on the Donkey Kong franchise. I'm just going to say that now. So Donkey Kong got introduced uh, to our lives. Uh, his first game was, of course, Donkey Kong Country in 1994. And, you know, and just the way he was played with the, uh, you know, in the game and, you know, teaming up with Donkey Kong was just, it was like really awesome to see him. Very enjoyable. So much so that, you know, Don Diddy Kong was immensely popular when uh, Donkey Kong Country came out, that he had his own, you know, his own standalone game so to say but teaming teaming up with one of the other fellow kongs with donkey kong country 2 and since then you know he's been a part of many other things you know he's he has his own racing game as well diddy kong racing objection uh, 
hold on. Sorry. <laughs> you get you get your turn in the little minion. <laughs> oh my god, I actually get to be a judge. Yes. Hold on. Hold on the court. Wait. So, if, if, if this is a Phoenix Wright Star thing, are we going to be take, we're going to be doing this for three days? Is this what it is? This is a no, three-day. So this is the first. Now, this is luckily the uh, first. This is the the first trial. Which only last couple of minutes. So. Okay. Fair enough. Ed says objection. Lanky Kong is best Kong. Okay. That's that's your opinion. Lanky Kong is cool. I do like Lanky Kong, but Diddy Kong is much cooler. You know, and you know, he has his own racing game. Diddy Kong Racing. It's like. You know you've moved up in the world of the gaming universe when you have your own karting game, for goodness sake. You know, it's all about Diddy Kong. It doesn't have any of the other Kongs, it just has Diddy. You know, if they added Donkey Kong to it, okay, yeah, fine. Then it's like, yeah, it goes, you know, Donkey Kong and everything. But no, Diddy has his own game. And um, the other things as well with Donkey Kong 64, you get to see you get to see more of a character development. You know, you get to see more of the character of how Diddy Kong is with his life. You know, he rocks out with a guitar. He has a freaking, like, barrel jetpack. He has freaking twin pistols that shoots peanuts out. You know, it's like, you can't do, no one can do that. No one can do that other than Diddy Kong and uh, you know he's been in Smash as well and he's being in the subspace emissary most of the time yeah he's like the leader of that with, with his little team consisting of Fox and Falco when it came to that part and I just honestly think that Diddy Kong is a very well-loved character not just in the Nintendo universe but in the gaming universe as well he's considered highly throughout everything there uh, during gaming and I think, honestly, he deserves another week. Another week on the throne for the throne of games. Thank you very much, Andy. And now we move on for the prosecutor's rebuttal. <laughs> well, where to start with that? Where to start? Well, I think I'll start with the uh, first comment that you made regarding his solo game. Um, you do realize that it wasn't originally made for him. He was just inserted because, oh, look, we need to think of something oh, we, we, we have this really cool racing game. You know what, let's just stick something that looks vaguely familiar in it. Hey, little cell. It wasn't built for him. He was just there as a placeholder in order to make it, in order to add in more rare properties to make it more sort of rare-centric. Uh, because actually the, the target character was supposed to be the main character of Diddy Kong Racing. And then Diddy usurped him. And that's what happened in that situation. And, and then you mentioned, you mentioned the fact that every good gaming character has their own racing game. Should I remind you of Hello Kitty Racing? Ho ho ho! I said every good, you know, I said every good character. I didn't say like every character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also let's not talk about Hello Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the context of this, then yeah, uh, basically yeah, yeah. just because they have a racing game doesn't mean to say that they're an icon for uh, fantastic gameplay. I mean, heck, the Crazy Frog had his own racing game. The Crazy Frog, who was popular for 15 minutes back in the early noughties. Um, and that, that's, the, that's the kind of thing, is that sort of, yes, he had his own, yes, he started in his own games, and yes, he did that, but he just, he didn't, it wasn't made for him. The games that were designed uh, for Miles Edgeworth, they were designed around his character, his personality, Everything about it was linked to him. The Diddy Kong games you could just pretty much replace with any Kong, really, and there we go. I mean, heck, Diddy Kong was originally supposed to be Donkey Kong <coughs> Jr., but 
rare sort of 90 Tim Martins, uh Then Nintendo said, has to be a new character. So uh, you know, Diddy Kong was born. He was originally supposed to be Donkey Kong Jr. So even that aspect, he's not unique. He's just basically, oh, he's, he's slightly jaunty. He's got a, a cool hat and such. So the, the whole idea behind him being sort of having all these games because of that, him being a, a sort of grand character, is kind of misplaced because Yes, he's, he's an interesting character, I must admit. He's um, being able to do uh, sort of emote stuff without much speaking, of which I'll get back to later. Um, but in terms of the games he's been involved in, uh, he's led, they've not really played to his strengths much. Um, and then there's the, there's the important thing, is that sort of... Edgeworth. Edgeworth has, um, as his VA for the, uh, the UK release, um, a voice actor called uh, Kyle Hebert, who is often known as uh, doing a whole range of voices, including Ryu from Street Fighter, Gohan from Dragon Ball Z, and Frederick from Fire Emblem. So basically, Ed, he is, he's got a pedigree of all of these fantastic sort of um, characters and sort of the same sort of regal sort of and power. Um, let, me know to the, let me know to the court that Edgeworth is classified as half Saiyan. <laughs> um, whereas in uh, Diddy Kong's voice actor in the cartoon show, yes, there was a Donkey Kong Country cartoon show, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Yes. Um, see the Pro Jarrah's video on it, it's really good. Um, the voice actor is the same voice actor as Yoshi from the Super Mario uh, World cartoon. That's a pedigree, isn't it? And I think the important last thing I will say about Diddy Kong is the fact that he doesn't wear a fancy cravat, and that is terrible. He doesn't need to wear a fancy cravat. He's already stylish as it is. He's already hip and cool. He's hip with the he's hip with the young generation, yo. Yeah. But he still doesn't have a cravat. Doesn't wear any pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it, alright? He's not wearing None of the Kongs uh, wear pants. <laughs> and also, he's a bad singer. See the cartoon. You know it to be true. Low blow, low blow. Okay, I mean, they gave, it, I, they gave it a shot with the Donkey Kong. They gave it a shot with the Donkey Kong cartoon. I mean, you know. But, hey, you know. With the karting game, yeah, okay, they, you know, Diddy Kong wasn't, like, supposed to be the star in the game, and it was supposed to be, you know, one of the other characters, but, hey, you know, what what happened, you know, if, if they did, you know, yeah, okay, because it was sales. I wonder why, because it was sales. Uh, because they knew that Diddy Kong is one of the most popular video game characters of all, so of course they were going to put Diddy Kong in there, so. Have you evidence for that? I want hard, irrefutable evidence, a la Phoenix Wright, that you, that he is one of the most popular video game characters of all. I will go on Google and I'll find a list of my favorite <laughs> video game characters and I will, I will see this. And it will okay, take... but yeah, it look... might take you a while. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> Alright, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have Andy representing King Diddy Kong and Ian representing the challenger Miles Edgeworth. Now we come up to the final bit where both of these both of our gentlemen here now have one minute each to explain to sort of sweeten the deal to get you to vote for them. So as Mr. Ian is the 
guest for today, he will go first. And Ian, you have one minute to confer- to tell everybody why Miles Edgeworth should be the king of the throne of games. And your time starts now. Basically, Miles Edgeworth is one of the best video game characters sort of written uh, for sort of um, visual novels and that kind of thing. He was the main sort of focal point that sort of dragged people into the Phoenix Wright series along with Phoenix Wright himself. He's such a dynamic character. He's got so much sort of gravitas and his storyline is really sort of deep and interesting and it just sort of leads itself into the entire rest of the, the world. He's not afraid of what he likes. He's perfection is to search for the truth rather than to assume everything is uh, as it is he manages to survive in a world where there is just so much weirdness going on that he is just keeps on plowing through he is uh, dignified in all cases he is such a fantastic character um he's sort of very sort of dry sense of humor that's sort of and your time is up that was one minute. Very well done, Ian. Now, Andy, it's up to you now to decide. You also have one minute to prove, to explain the situation, and why Diddy Kong should remain our king of the throne of games. And you ready? Yep, let's do it. Okay, and your time starts now. We all love Donkey Kong. We all love the Donkey Kong franchise. But, you know, there's like one Kong that stands out from the rest, and that is none other than Diddy Kong. First introduced in Donkey Kong Country in 1994, having his own standalone game for Donkey Kong Country 2, and also being a part of a karting game, which has his name on. And as I say, you know, if you're a gaming character and you have your own karting game, you know you've gone up in the world. This is one character that i feel like you know it does hold a he holds a special place in my heart one considered one of the one of the most lovable characters in the nintendo universe and also in the gaming universe as well and say in the subspace emissary story in super smash bros brawl he was actually taking part in like being a leader of part of a few of the characters to try and get try and save the day you know to, from you know being a leader for Fox and Falco for goodness sake who are like more they're more of a leader than Diddy Kong but he still took took over and got them to get the job done I consider Diddy Kong to be and your time is up to be the Thank king you of very much. Oh, too late <laughs> that, 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 that was a that, wow I felt that was a quick minute holy crud yeah, it felt it, here, mate. it was a minute it, it felt a lot longer to me yeah wow <laughs> Also Edge, okay. also, Edge says Lanky wears overalls. Yeah, no, I, I did twig that. I'm like, well, man, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Lanky's, Lanky's the the exception. Everyone else doesn't wear pants. <laughs> and and Ayn has raised his own objection by saying Funky Kong, uh, Funky Kong, that is all. But but can Funky Kong rock out with a guitar and go on, you know, have a has a barrel jetpack? <laughs> nope, nope, yeah. just did he? Yeah, okay. he has a, he has a surfboard. That, yeah, that's totally rad. He's also a military expert, uh, boat repair man, and also has the best tune in Donkey Kong Country. All better, did he? <clears throat> but anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, that is our two competitors. We have Diddy Kong, the current king, and Miles Edgeworth, who is the challenger. Who will win the Game of Thrones? Yeah, so oh, the, the phone of games, my bad. 
So, <laughs> oh, eight episodes, and I find now I screw it up. Yeah, that's that's eight totally episodes. something else that we hopefully won't get sued over for. Sued, <laughs> yeah. And technically, it's not on at the moment, so we're fine there. Yeah, thank so, you. So, as uh, British Andy has posted, the straw poll is now up. So, you, ladies and gentlemen, have the chance to vote for your champion. At the end of the show, we will come back to this and we will find out who is our king of the throne of games. So, we're now going to be moving on to our next uh, music badge, which I do believe is Mr. Andy's. Indeed, it's, it's, it's my tunes today, uh, right now. So what we're going to be playing, we're going to be playing a couple of songs from uh, two amazing uh, composers. Uh, one by made by the legendary Jake Kaufman, and another one by another legend as well, uh, Danny Baranski. Uh, we're going to be having uh, Mighty Milky Way, World 4 Lava. And uh, that's what we're going to be hearing from Jake Kaufman and then from Danny Barowski. We're going to have from Super Meat Boy, it's Forest Funk, uh, Channel 1 Light World. So hopefully you enjoy these songs, guys. I know I am. As I say, you're listening in to The Tally Ho Show with me, Andy. And me, James. And we have Ian, a.k.a. The Random Genius, here as our special guest. So enjoy, uh, enjoy this break. Get yourself... Uh, maybe some more refreshments or some snacks whilst we uh, whilst we delve into getting ourselves prepared for the second topic. And right now we're going to be playing, as I say, from Mighty Milky Way. This is World Four, the Lava World.
Welcome back everyone. So there you go, that was our uh, second uh, music bit. And what we had on was from, as I say, from Mighty Milky Way, that was World for the Lava Theme. And then what you just heard from Super Meat Boy, Forest Punk, Channel 1, Light World. So we're going to get on with our second topic. As I say, hopefully you guys are enjoying the show, whether you're listening to this live or on the podcast via SoundCloud and or iTunes. Um, yeah, so second topic. So we've had a big event happen um, in... Upgrade? Yes. They kept it so quiet. <laughs> Is it the throne of games? Well, must be. That's the only thing I can think of. So we've had a second big event that just happened, <laughs> just recently, um, in in California. Um, as you know, it's the annual event. It's none other than E3. So of course, where we have uh, all the big gaming, like like console companies, and gaming industry, gaming companies coming in, uh, showcasing all their new and exciting stuff that we're going to be seeing, however, later on this year or early next year or however, how many years down the line. And uh, you know, people are getting so hyped about the latest stuff that are happening. Uh, and also, there's things that people got hyped about and then just had a big amount of disappointment after they saw the uh, the conferences from any of the big gaming industries um, that came in to talk about the latest stuff. So for the second topic we are going to be talking about, it's going to be E3. The good, the bad, and the just plain nope. So to kick things off, we're going to go with Mr. James. So James, E3, what... Um, what do you think? What, what are you most excited for uh, coming out this year or next year or any many years down the line? And what games uh, are you most likely thinking? Eh, not really. Well, I'm quite happy with the, um, the announcement of the Super Smash Brothers. I know that it came out as well a bit beforehand to say, like, we're planning on this. But from that point, I didn't realize how many characters were coming out because I think you saw as well just how many. I think they've got every single character that they've had over the past few years yep. into this one big game. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, my big surprise, actually, because uh, I haven't really managed to have a look into it a bit further, Fallout was a big surprise. Well, I had no idea they were make. I had no idea they were making a Fallout, um, a new Fallout game. But more importantly, I did not know. How I missed number five to seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Did I just come up randomly because how do we jump from Fallout four to Fallout seventy-six? Unless I've been in a coma somehow. Yeah, a lot of people. I think it's mainly because it's it's Fallout seventy-six that's the the big thing about it, rather than the actual numerical system. So it's kind of like going from uh, from sort of Bioshock one, Bioshock two to Bioshock Infinite. It's just a case of okay, we're gonna go. Ignore every game from Bioshock Infinity, uh, Bioshock Three to Bioshock Infinity minus one. Yeah, because I think I think Bioshock number two thousand eight hundred five does a really roll of punk, and that's. <laughs> that's... Yeah, well, I, that's don't, what I'm quite... I don't know. Yeah. The 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 sub story about the uh, the Rad Roaches was quite interesting. Hmm. Oh 
Jerry, Jerry the Radroach was definitely a, a very interesting character. As a killer rabbit as well. The killer rabbit's taking on Dev Claws. No, no, you're thinking of Fallout uh, 12573. Ah, oh, sorry, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've got so many jokes about that, so enjoy. <laughs> um, as well, Assassin's Creed, honestly, I'm not really a huge Assassin's Creed um, fan. I just feel like it's the same same gameplay all the time. But the fact that it's now set in ancient Greece instead of, well, like the Roman times and all that stuff. And more importantly, you get ship battles, which I'm very happy with. It's one of the other ones. And probably as well is um, my final one that I'm really looking forward to is uh, the new Kingdom Hearts 3, because we finally have a release date for it. Yes, it's no longer Vaporware. It actually has a finalised date of when it's going to be released, and I think hype is uh, underselling it a little bit. Yeah. Yes, it's... Uh, considering the fact that this game's been developed for so long, that uh, understandably people are really getting into... Uh, really sort of looking forward to this. And of course it is going to be the final game in this... Um, in the story. It's not going to be the final game of the franchise, it's the final game of according to uh, the rumor they're going to be the final game of this specific story so these, this is going to be the ending point for these characters yeah um so that's going to be really interesting um having followed the series i, I followed the series since uh the, the original ps2 kingdom hearts one and i've pretty much played all the games from then onwards and it's it's interesting to see how they're going to pull off what is why it to be one of the most Bizarre video game stories of all time. It's, say we it's got... a bit odd because they have the. It's all straight, so they've got like. Because unless you've been following from start to finish, it's kind of hard to keep up with the entire story. <laughs> um, to be fun, to be honest, if you've been following it from start to finish, you're still not going to understand what the art of the is. <laughs> <laughs> and I say this as someone who greatly adores Kingdom Hearts and. Uh, is game is sort of gets into the whole sort of story about being okay. Yeah, this is complete nonsense. I'm along for the ride because this is complete nonsense. <laughs> is there a sonnet? Let's just see what happens at this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I, MST3K, MST3K mantra all the way. It's just a video game. I should really just relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much hype put into this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we know what happens when so much hype goes into a game. Yeah. So, let's try and relax a little bit. Is there, was there anything <laughs> on there that, you know, you might have just felt like, eh, like with some games? Um, a couple, actually. There was the new Mario Party has just come out. I'm not really sure how they can, because I did like I did like Mario Kart by 3DS, but only like one game at a time. But unless you had some other people to play with, then I suppose it's all right. It just, at this point, it just feels a bit... Especially for Nintendo Switch as well, it just feels for me that it's just rehashing the same idea, big time. Mm. I don't know how they can really um, emphasize it a bit more. Maybe the mini games might definitely get that, but from what it looks like, it's just going to be the same standard um, Mario Party. The one that really caught my eye is uh, Jump Force. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just been uh, announced coming in 2019. It's basically putting uh, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, and One Piece, all the Japanese animes together. Well, the, the show and jump anime and manga stuff. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. 
Because I did like the Dragon Ball Z games and Z Fighter looks amazing and you really need to start playing it again. But I don't know how they're gonna sort of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Develop? Yeah. Make it unique rather than just a simple rehash of pre-existing ideas? Or just yeah, a piece sort of, um, of Fighter Z? It's a sort of, it's just like, I feel like it's, uh, they're going to try too hard with this and not actually focus on one particular part. Or they're going to focus on one particular part and the rest of it is just going to come crashing down on them. Which is what I'm a bit worried about. But I might be proven wrong. I might, they might, I put up and it might be fantastic, it might be amazing. But at this present point, it's not something that I feel is going to be uh, good or looking forward to as much. And yeah, but that's just it. And mostly, of course, the final one, which is your the good, the bad, and the just plain nope. The just plain nope has got to go to Fortnite on the Switch. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Why? Why? Why that? I just feel like with I don't know. I feel like I'm sick and tired of having seen Fortnite bloody everywhere now, <laughs> and now the the it was sort of like a case of, this is an amazing announcement. We're doing, we're bringing Fortnite to the Switch. So basically what you're just taking a game. So this isn't really yours, Nintendo, is it? It's just literally a case of, here's a game, we're just throwing it on console. Ready. I mean, I get that. I, I get that. It's not really like like a big announcement because it's on like every other single platform. But, yeah, uh, exactly. It seems like Nintendo's arrived. It seems like for me, Nintendo's arrived late at the part at the Fortnite party. Everyone else uh, has already nabbed the uh, buffet and all the drinks, and they're just now coming here to pick up all the cr- uh, the crumbs. Yeah, but the fact is, is that you, they're taking away the crumbs, but they're taking away the crumbs with a takeaway box. That's the whole big thing behind it. Is that the fact that people start playing Fortnite on the move? And I can see why they deferred the announcement and why this was a big thing because it is currently the flavor of the month. Um, and I can see sort of how this has sort of come, come about and sort of how this is a big thing. And the fact is, it it was a big thing because of the fallout between um, between Sony and uh, Fortnite. Yeah, because they wouldn't um, they wouldn't do crossover play, would they? No, and that was around for that was around ever since Fortnite was released, mm. uh, multi-platform, and it was only when the Switch hit and they added us something like two million new players ever since uh, since it was released, um, and then suddenly, suddenly the big thing blew up. Everything blew up, and it's just been a bit of a PR disaster for Sony on that front. All right, because with with the Switch, that you can be able to crossplay with PC and also. Xbox and PlayStation, considering like if there's no no someone playing on the PlayStation playing on the Xbox can team up. It's just a case of like you could play with someone with a PC and slash and with someone with Xbox or PC and PlayStation. So I agree on that when you say like it's a big like PR disaster for Sony. Like if they just agree to the fact that they just do cross like cross play with everything, things would work out amazingly. Maybe one day in the future. Maybe one day in the future that may that may happen. But 
No, that's that's fair yeah, enough on, on your takes, uh, James. We also have um, uh, Gondol uh, Abigail just said, uh, "I'm excited for Just Dance 2019," which uh, I saw that on the Ubisoft conference. That was uh, that was like really good thing how they how they set that up. Um, and Sayer James has just popped in as well saying, and hey, hello, Sayer James, tally ho to you. Hope you're well. Hope you're having a very, very good day indeed. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Um, Ian, your take on EA. Uh, the good, the bad, and the just plain no. What was your thought? Uh, on, on EA specifically or E3? Oh, E3. Sorry. I was looking at... I was looking no, at Nick. Let's go for EA. <laughs> yeah, let's go for EA. Sorry, I was looking at Nick who said EA equals bad for the industry. And then Edge comes in saying the good, everything that was announced, the bad, everything not announced, the just no EA. So there's a lot of EA discussion yeah. in the chat e- right now. Good grief. EA. Um, Sportsball. <laughs> yes. We were talking about this before the show. It was just literally EA... Sportsball, 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 sportsball. Here's a nice, cute little indie game that we're going to promote because we're cool. Sportsball, sportsball, sportsball. Battle Royale. And sportsball. <laughs> and more sportsball. So, <laughs> that's pretty much yeah, in a nutshell. So, E3, Ian. The good, the bad, and the just plain no. Um, the good for me, um, I'm was really interested because I saw the Xbox conference live with a couple of uh, people from uh, Last Minute Continue. Uh, I caught up with the Ubisoft and the uh, Nintendo conferences and it was it was an interesting uh, show. There was definitely some lacking. Um, there were some, some big gaps uh, sort of personally but we'll get onto that a bit later. Uh, the good things. Obviously Smash. Uh, Smash for the Switch just looks phenomenal, and the fact that they've been able to add so many characters, um, so much stuff into it, is really a testament to both the technical team and the fans for, um, for sort of being able to keep up interest in what was originally just a small little, small little uh, side title, just a, a simple mascot fighter, and it then just sort of evolved into something bigger a lot more dynamic and also the fact you can use gamecube controllers on the new smash yes that is true one of the best controllers made and that's i'm really looking forward to picking out the old wave bird and uh, pl- uh, plugging that back in um i would say i am also looking forward to the new spider-man title for the playstation because uh, i caught that um uh, I actually caught the um, the videos and such for that today, and that just looks phenomenal. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Arkham games, um, the Batman Arkham stuff, and this has the same feel, but it's also its own thing. And Spider-Man's always been one of my favorite comic book characters, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that all fits together and how they're going to add this new dynamic. Because the whole thing with Spider-Man is that you have Core Spidey, Peter Parker. Um, and then you have all these spin-offs um, all over the place. So you have Miles Morales, you have um, Spider-Gwen, you've got uh, Spider-Woman, uh, Je- Jessica Drew, uh, I think it's Jessica Drew or something like that. Um, then you've got Silk and all the other stuff. And that's that's a really big thing. And it'd be great to see if Silk could all be interacting with each other um, in a big combined thing. But even so, if this lays the groundwork, then I can see so much cool stuff happening to Spider-Man, just like what Rocks, uh, uh, Rocksteady did with Batman, and that just seems to be really, um, that sort of really interests me. Um, as for other things, I must admit, I 
I'm looking forward to the new Assassin's Creed, um, as well as Kingdom Hearts, that's, um, as James has already mentioned. Um, and I think the uh, the actual sort of conference-style things themselves, special stuff, got to have a bit of love for Grant Kirkhope and his um, orchestral music for uh, uh, Mario Plus Rabbids expansion, uh, the Donkey Kong Adventure, with no Diddy Kong, may I add. <laughs> okay, um, we've done the throne of games. Right, anyway. The protest is over, but we still attack a city cog. I love it. Speaking of throne of games, how's that for a great segue? For anyone that just joined in, we have a poll. If you want to vote for which current king you want to see be crowned for the throne of games for this episode, you have a choice between Diddy Kong or Miles Edgeworth. Feel free to vote. Sorry, um, and you were saying. <laughs> no worries, no worries. And um, yeah, the uh, sort of the other things that sort of really interested me was New Devil May Cry game because I thought that the, the series yes. had, was dead. Mm. I thought after the reboot, the series was dead and buried. Um, pretty much, Bayonetta was the next iteration of Devil May Cry because it had the same style, had the same sort of combat mechanics. Because um, it just seemed like the natural evolution. But DMC Five looks superb. And I was completely sideswiped by it. Um, and as some people may have guessed already, Kingdom Hearts going to be a huge thing. And also the little teaser from the Xbox conference, um, particularly uh, a certain uh, property from way back when that I did mention way back at the beginning of the show, Battletoads. Yes. That's going to be a thing. Uh, so I'm interested interest by it see if it's as if it's as hard as the Game Boy version I have a feeling possibly they might make it a um, bit easier maybe <laughs> uh, yeah they, they have a health mode which just basically removes all obstacles um, uh, the bad the bad was basically what was missing um, there was there was a lot of focus on a couple of really big things, and then there were gaps. There were a few really big gaps. Um, in particular, from Nintendo, um, there was nothing for 3DS, which I think is kind of an indication to say where the company is taking its direction now, is that there's nothing big for the 3DS that was, uh, 3DS that was announced for... Um, for... Um, and that strikes me as really concerning because I still play 3DS a lot and there's still some really good stuff on there but if that's going to move away then what's the next iteration going to be? That's kind of my concern at the moment. Yeah, most um, likely the, the um, Nintendo probably focusing more on the Switch because the Switch is pretty much the big version of the 3DS without the 3D. It's, it's the two screens. It's the, the two screens made the, the DS and the 3DS such a big thing and I don't know if it's like the whole clamshell thing I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that, those kind of things I still I still love the old sort of Razor flip phones you know you know the ones from um, way back when because uh, it's one of those in the museum <laughs> that came out uh, when we were young it's how in the museum but yeah it's yeah, that was my biggest concern, and of course, um, a couple of the other things that were mentioned. And I have to say, the the things that were disappointing for me were the existence of battle royale modes. So, Battlefield had a battle royale, and it's just a case of okay, yes, 
we know this is the thin thing at the minute. You don't have to force down our throats. No, no, just because the parachuting doesn't mean to say it's a battle royale. No, just because there are other buzz. No, 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 it's just, it, it annoys me a little. <laughs> um, was it really the same for when the zombies boat came out on Call of Duty? Uh, and every true, game yeah. after that seemed to every game after that seemed to just have like a zombies boat. Yeah, um, pretty much the sort of whole follow the leader type uh, thing. It's just sort of it restricts creativity and sort of stops things developing in ways, and it's just sort of fitting things in just for the uh, uh, just for the, the sake of it. Um, uh, Nick Rex has brought up a really good point: is that the I agree is that the only last game that's in development for the 3DS that I'm aware of at the minute is Persona Q2, which is the um, cross between Persona series and the Etrian Odyssey games. And I was concerned that there wasn't any mention of that either, um, at least not overtly. Um, there, there were mentions of the um, Persona 3 and 5 rhythm games, sort of in the uh, Sega's booth. But there wasn't anything else for that title. And that's kind of, is it really going to be for 3DS or will it be for the Switch or how is it things going to work? Um, as for the Nopes, um, I, th I think we can all just uh, say no dope for uh, EA's entire thing. Um, Pretty much. And I think that my biggest, yeah. my biggest gripe with the entire conference, the biggest thing is Forza. Dry walls do not behave that way. Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that looks like a fantastic game, but it was just the fact that the demo had them driving through uh, dry walls, which are sort of um, walls sort of up on the sort of, uh, highlands and moors and such, yeah. and they're sturdy as anything. They are pretty much indestructible. And it's just a case of, oh yeah, driving through them like we're driving through um, uh, a wicket fence. It's just a case of, no, no, stones don't work like that. Stones <laughs> don't work like that. I remember seeing that last night. I'm like, it's a beautiful game and it's like open world and everything. But yeah, when I saw like the car just like smashes through like the stuff, I'm like, uh, hang on a minute. that The car would flip <laughs> if it was driving at that speed. <laughs> that car would be down, would be turned over on its back and probably on fire. The yep. driver most likely dead. Before and, the hubcaps are stolen. Oh, yeah, the hubcaps get stolen as well. And Mr. Bonato Ein says, Whether not British enough. Well, I love I love the fact when they were showing, like, you could have all the seasons in, like, in, in this game. Let's go to autumn. Yeah, great. That's perfect. Let's go to winter. There's, yeah, snow in Scotland, that's fine. But if it's, like, snow in, like, the coastal areas, that's, that's, that's weird. <laughs> and it's, like... Basically, if they, if they wanted it to be true British weather, it would just be... Spring, drizzle, drizzle. Summer, drizzle. Autumn, slightly harder drizzle. Winter. The wait, 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 where's winter? Oh yeah. no, we, winter was the drizzle. The, yeah. Wait, did, did you not notice it? It got a little harder. Wait, 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 yeah. The weather effect. They should name the weather effect. Do you want British weather, otherwise known as it rained for forty days and forty nights? It's still the best summer we ever had. Yeah, it's pretty much just like we, you could you could play in all the seasons where it just rains. Oh look, there's one day of sunshine and then it rains again. And then four weeks of torrential rain over to Britain. And that's why I moved to Canada. <laughs> yeah, you just replaced it with snow. No, well, in the winter, over here on the west coast, when it's sunny, it stays sunny. <laughs> and it's quite warm as well. 
<laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So, for me, I mean, um... Uh, Brian, who just has jumped into the chat as well, says tally-ho to you. Hopefully you're having a very, very good day. He says, hey, Andy and James, do you like Call of Duty? What is your favorite COD game or any COD Black Ops game? Um, I do like COD. We could talk about that in a, like an, in a future show. I think we will we'll do that. We'll consider that adding on that. Uh, right now, we're just going to quickly talk about uh, E3. Um, so for me, the, the good things about it was, so I managed to watch um, the Sony press conference. I managed to watch the Ubisoft press conference. Saw a bit of the Nintendo press conference and a bit of the, the Microsoft one. Um, so honestly, um, there's a few games that I'm like really wanting to get. Uh, one game is going to be is going to be Starlink Battle for Atlantis, which is an Ubisoft game. Uh, looks really, really good, really, really decent. Um, and also, the simple fact is, I'm getting it on the Switch because there is going to be a Star Fox. Star Fox is going to be in the game. It's an exclusive for the Switch, and uh, you can get an R Wing and a Star Fox figurine um, with that as well with the pre-order. So it's it's kind of just like anything with Star Fox in, you pretty much is a case of take my money. <laughs> so um, definitely looking forward to that. I'd say yeah, the good Ubisoft did a very good conference. I have to say Ubisoft. I feel like out of everything. I feel like Ubisoft, I think, might have won it. I mean, uh, you've got Bethesda as well, because they've got some really, really good games coming out in, say, Fallout 76, and uh, there's some other games which I'm going to be... Uh, I'll discuss as well. But yeah, Starlink Battle for Atlas uh, for Ubisoft. You've got Skull, Skull and Bones, uh, something that uh, Ayn uh, talked about as well in the chat. Uh, let's see. I, for one, look forward to Devil May Cry 5, AC Odyssey, Ultimate, Spyro Regenerated, Kingdom Hearts 3, Skull and Bone, in the far off distance, Elder Scrolls 6. Um, but yeah, Skull and Bones, I saw that. That looks absolutely tremendous. And what I've been told is it's using the same uh, mechanics as what it is from the Assassin's Creed boating um, like style of gameplay. So it's, I it's, love that part of it. So they've, they've decided to make, like, you know, use that and put it in its own game, which is like, it's tremendous. And it, it looks so good. And you could be able to, like, it's a thing of where you can, like, you go and face, uh, like, you know, ships that have so much, like, good loot, gold and stuff. And you can, like, take over and, like, just steal all the loot. Great. And all of a sudden, like, another enemy ship, but a bigger, badder ship comes over to try and, like, you know, destroy you. And you can call in your friends. You can call in friends who will then help you. But it's a case of, like, they say, you know, your bestest friends can also be your greatest enemies. Because it's, like, in the pirate world, it's a it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So it's a case of just, like, you can have friends. You It's, it's like, if, for example, me... You, Ian, and James, we all play the game and we're like, yeah, let's take off this, like, this uh, Brigadier ship and try and get all the loot. Like, yeah, great, we did it. And then all of a sudden, Ian comes out of nowhere and sinks me and steals my gold and then just goes off in the distance. That can Andy, happen. Come I, on. I, I wouldn't do if such a thing. going to shoot you, it's going to be me. I wouldn't do such a thing. I would steal your boat and kick you off on a desert island. Still, same thing. Or the just, is, like, or actually just best friends can be greatest enemies. What? <laughs> or just, or get Andy, throw one to a desert island, and just circle him. <laughs> just so he, your cannon just points at him. Dance, dance, back. See. Hello, and welcome to Desert Island Discs, in which a uh, stranded pirate gets to talk all about his herniated discs after being thrown out onto the landing. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So yeah, definitely looking forward to uh, the Skull and Bones. Um... 
What other games is there? Uh, you got The Last of Us Part 2, which uh, looks really, really good. Really, really good indeed. Um, definitely uh, going to be buying that for sure with the whole like cutscene concept and actually like looking at the gameplay as well. Tremendous. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, again, yeah, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Having every character from the fr from the that were in any of the games past uh, past games that you know coming back is absolutely amazing. So yeah, be uh, be interesting to see how that goes as well. Uh, with regards to Bethesda, you've got Fallout 76, which is like looks gorgeous, and I think they said as well, if I recall, that it's going to be all online. So it's like you could be roaming around in the old world, and all of a sudden you can see people just like doing their own thing which is which is really great to see um and you've also got um elder scrolls elder scrolls 6 like that totally blew me took me by surprise i wasn't ex i wasn't actually expecting that and i found out about it when i was going into downtown vancouver and i was at a video game bar and they were showing the bethesda like conference and then all of a sudden i just like look up and be like like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6. Like, what? <laughs> like, my life. My life right now. It's like this. So it's, it's, it's good to see that they've now, it's, you know, Skyrim with all the ports and stuff that are happening with that game. You know, it's a good game, really good game. But I think it's now time to move up to, like, say. Well, six. mind you, it was before they did announce the next iteration of Skyrim, which was the very special version, which was, wasn't it for the Alexa? Skyrim for Alexa or something like that. I did hear something like yeah. that. Yeah, which I think I've heard that. It made me well. laugh though because when they were saying about uh, the different putting different uh, Skyrim on different like places, as in the future, the next afraid of as in you could watch and play Skyrim on the microwave, and now they've got it on the Alexa. So they're not half out. This <laughs> is like yes, very special I'm, edition. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for it to be released for the Casio computer. Uh, Casio, Casio calculator, sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to come out on the poker, poker walker. You know, that 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 would be that'd be great to see. I'm waiting for it to come out on the uh, the Nokia brick. Uh, what, the the forty the forty four thirty. Yeah, the one that you. Although this one, you can probably chuck it at a dragon. The dragon will die. Your phone will be just. It's, it's sturdy enough for that. Yeah, it's like. Throw it at a dragon. Dragon dies. But hey, the phone still works. The <laughs> phone is still working. It's amazing. Yes. Hello. Have you been in, Have you been in, hit by a, by a phone recently? You can be entitled to PPI insurance. Yeah. <laughs> entitled to compensation. Uh, we take like 146 percent of the cards. Uh, one other thing as well that turned me by surprise: Quake Champions. I'm like. Saw that again, and I was like immediately like, oh my gosh, like was not expecting that at all. So Bethesda did a really, really good job. And uh, yeah, there's like, there's quite a few good number of games that are out, which I'm really, I'm considering like getting, um, maybe not for pre-order, but maybe when like, you know, when they come out and I have some money. As you said as well, we in Spider-Man and seeing the playthrough of that, um, it looks honestly tr like tremendous and again you say it, you say it's kind of like similar to like the arkham games which it does in a way but it, it's its own thing and the one thing that i i like about it with insomniac games um when they were talking about it after the conference they said like they asked their fans um they said like what do you want to see in the spider-man game like what what is it that you want to see come out of it 
and the the one thing that they got a lot from was um, we want this to be like an insom we want this to be an insomniac game that's all we want we want this to be like your own unique game and even though it is like you know spider-man they have spider-man has its own like has its own like different other games from the past but to hear that and to see how it plans out and plays it kind of does it kind of it's like it's it's spider-man but with an insomniac intake to it and you know you you know insomniac it has they've done spiral dragon they've done sunset overdrive they've done many many other games and that you know every other game that they've made it's like it's its own original unique thing so with spider-man i'm looking forward to seeing like how that's going to pan out and how it is going to be like its own unique style of game um i mean yeah, I've that already with um sorry sorry about that um yeah that already with the um bits that was sort of already announced for the um videos because it did feel like an insomniac game the, the writing was very insomniac-esque and you had um yuri lothenhall um voice spider-man oh i believe it was yuri lothenhall because he's very familiar uh to people like um yosuke from sona 4 and uh the prince of persia from that trilogy and it was just a case of yeah this this feels insomniac this feels like spider-man this this feels right it's like just looking at it well just it just looks like you can tell it's not like your run-of-the-mill spider-man game like what it is in the past it's like it feel it looks like to be its own unique thing so i'm very looking forward to actually like when the game comes out i'm definitely going to be buying it i'm definitely going to be giving it a try and seeing how it goes um the bad stuff the only thing i can think of i mean like nintendo yeah with smash bros that's great but it's like that's pretty much it's just smash and also super mario party um those were the only like big things that i heard about it all the other games that came you know it's like you, you got some other like titles as well but i feel like nintendo didn't really do uh had a strong e3 with that i mean one thing with super mario party is they do have online capability but the only thing for online is what i've been told is that it's only for the mini games it's not for an actual board Ooh, that, that's a bit of a bad thing. You, you need to have uh, online multiplayer for the actual board games just so you can rage at people over the internet because they managed to roll just enough to get the final star from under your nose. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you need that. That's, you know, I mean, they, they're getting there slowly, I would say, but it's still a thing where everyone is like we want an online mario party game can you give this to us you have you have the technology you have the way to do it but it's just like they're just teasing us so maybe the next mario party game might be online just gotta hope maybe for the best. you are maybe if it gets an update it might uh do that who knows you, you just have to wait and see on that um yeah. one one thing i would say about bad um is the sony press conference now there was some good games on there. I, I managed to watch this live, and it was it yeah it was good to some extent, but I don't feel it wasn't as strong. It wasn't a strong E3 for Sony, unlike the previous ones that they've had. Um, I was very disappointed as well because I thought because seeing as you know the new Spyro, the United trilogy coming out, um, you know we got a release date for September, and it was out on E3 for people to play. Um, I was hoping that maybe they were going to put like maybe like a little thing on there just to like show more stuff um you know just because it's like spyro it originally came out on playstation so you know give, give, give spyro some love but fortunately didn't see that so i was like oh, well i was a little bit like sad about that but other stuff was good but it just felt i don't know just they, they tried their best with it with the beginning of like when they 
said like, oh yes, well welcome everyone to church. Because <laughs> it's all like in this like church-esque like, like uh, theatre that they're in. And um, it kind of got me, everyone was like, for like questioning about it and i could i could probably tell that the audience were like what the hell's going on because i was like sony are you okay why what why <laughs> why are you saying welcome to church and then of course it's like once they get into the gameplay it's there's a church there's a scene in the church for the last of us part two so they kick things off with that so i thought okay that makes more sense and then all of a sudden everyone then once that was happening when they had the um the break everyone then moved over to the next theater to go on continue on with the with the conference um again there were some good games on there but i, I just felt like there wasn't really like it, it wasn't a strong one from from sony yes you got i say last of us part two and spider-man so many other good titles as well but I, I just felt like it was it wasn't the strong point for them for this I year. Think, I think it will be different next year because there's rumors talking about Sony um, making the PlayStation Five now, aren't they? So they'll probably introduce that into next year's E3, and then they'll just blow the whole thing up. Yeah. Well, Microsoft did tease um, their new console right at the end of uh, the conference before it got hacked, and they uh, did the final promo, which was Cyberpunk 2077. I believe it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's obviously at this time of year, at this time of the console um, cycle, is that things are switching up. And Nintendo played their hand early with the Switch, which they needed to because the Wii U just didn't perform. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Sony and Microsoft do aside from going, ooh, pretty graphics. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see like what happens for next year's E3. I feel like. I felt like the C3, it was good, but, you know, it, it wasn't a very strong one. Um, but I'm thinking next year, uh, the guns are going to come out. There's going to be a lot of, like, big things that are going to be happening. So, uh, really look forward to next year's one, fingers crossed. And, yeah, the just plain nope. Um, EA. Because <laughs> EA. That's all i got to say. FIFA 19. <laughs> other fact, yeah. Another part of excuses is EA. Why? Just because it's EA, and everyone, everyone's like, yeah, and, and, yeah, everyone's like, nope, that's totally understandable. And also, <laughs> the, and also the fact because that the president of EA is the same bloody full name as me. <laughs> so of course I get memed, and it's like, god damn. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! wait. You're, you're not the president of EA. Shockingly enough, I'm not. And even if I did, if Don't I was, I'd resign on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Like... Uh, one other thing I did remember seeing coming out was the um, the new Switch Pokemon game. Let's go Pikachu, yeah, let's go Eevee. That was yeah. interesting. I'm honestly looking forward to it, to be honest. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's an easy version of like the, you know, the Ren, like, you know, updated Kanto. But it's like, you know what? I, they, they've added like a few extra things to it and like there's different ways in order to play. I'm looking forward to it. I would like to give it a go and I want to see like how they would, how, how they will do with this remake. So... I, people, uh, there's a bit, there's like 50-50 on here with the new Pokemon game. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give it a go. I'm really looking forward to it. I think that will be, I'm definitely going to go buy it when it comes out because it just looks amazing. What about uh, a big Kanto fan anyway, so. Indeed, everyone looks at Kanto region. What about you, Win? Um, yeah, yeah, it seems interesting enough. Um, Pokemon games, that's sort of, I've been a bit hit and miss with lately. And I didn't really get into Pokemon Go as much as others, but this one, yeah, looks interesting. I'll give it a 
give it a go um, when it's out and see what it's all about. And yeah, interesting. Yeah, so uh, apparently Nick goes, let's go, ew. <laughs> and Edge is like, I would like it if it wasn't Kanto again. <laughs> and Nick just wants a new battle system. Well, I mean, like, you know, we, we've got this remake. I mean, maybe the next Pokemon game that comes out on the Switch will probably be will probably be something completely different. So just... I, I don't know. That's, I, I, there's something about the turn-based system of the Pokemon games that just makes it endearing to me. It just sort of seems like, yeah, this, it's simple, but it's really effective and you can plan stuff accordingly and it doesn't feel like a slog. It doesn't feel as though you have to prep everything beforehand. It's just uh, sort of, you have to plan gambits or um, predetermined stuff and you don't mash the, the buttons accordingly. You have a little bit of strategy behind it, which I don't know. Um, I don't know. If, uh, that's probably the RPG fan in me, sort of still saying menus go. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still pissed off at the fact we're Pokemon. It's the fact that your opponent could be, and you still miss. Yeah, it could be sleeping, and uh, you, you still miss. Yeah, I still miss. I don't know how the hell that works, but <laughs> that's the beauty Wind. of Pokemon, boy. The winds can blow the bubble beam away. Yep. <laughs> Damn so, you, Bubble Beam! Like, Squirtle, use Bubble Beam. It's quite windy out. Bubbles go flying all over the place. <laughs> it's like, God damn it! Uh, so yes, so that's what we say. So let's go for a quick conclusion, shall we? So uh, and then we'll get on with Ian's songs uh, for the next music bit. So James, E three, good, bad, just plain nope. What would you vote? Uh, good will be the. Um, you Fallout game. Bad would be the. Don't forget what was now. That's annoying. <laughs> uh, bad would be the uh, Mario Party. Playing Nope is going to be Fortnite on the Switch. Fair dues, fair dues. Ian, good, bad, just playing Nope? Um, good. Quite a lot to choose from, but certain picks being Smash Brothers, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, and the PlayStation Spider Man. The bad. Um lack of diversity for some of the titles um, well, lack of diversity from the Nintendo side of things um, particularly the lack of 3DS stuff and the nope walls don't work like that <laughs> hashtag walls don't work like that yeah let, let the guys know for who made Forza Horizon 4 know that, that they're British for God's sake they should know this <laughs> goodness and for me the good yep yeah, definitely I'd say I forgot to mention Kingdom Hearts 3 definitely for sure Starlink Battle for Atlas definitely going to be buying uh, because it looks good and also Star Fox is in it so hey um, you got Smash Bros you got uh, Marvel Spider-Man forgot to mention as well um, with, uh, you got Skull and Bows Assassin's Creed Odyssey now uh, for me I was a kind of bit uh, I was a kind of bit like oh god okay and everyone like you know this is going to be interesting to see and also people were making fun of it because it's like oh hey you know it's odyssey so you know insert mario odyssey theme here and all that stuff but after seeing the ubisoft conference and seeing what it looks like it looks like it's it's totally like changing things with like the style of like the assassin's creed game so i'm really looking forward to seeing how that pans out and the fact that you can now pick it's multiple characters so you can pick like two characters and with that character you then just stick with them throughout the whole game so that's really awesome to see so yeah that as well um the bad um i would say the sony press conference it was good but it just wasn't like 
it wasn't as strong as I thought it would like it to be. Again, with Nintendo, um, it just felt like, you know, the two good, like, conferences, which I really enjoy watching, um, just wasn't, didn't have a very good strong point. Um, so hopefully next year it'll come out bigger, better than ever. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And just to play Nope, um, EA, because, yeah, it's the same thing over and over again. <laughs> With some added extras, but mostly it's the same stuff over and over again. And loot boxes. And loot boxes, yeah. Can't forget the loot boxes. Uh, Iron says, I'd want it for Pokemon Let's Go if it wasn't a spin-off to go with Go. <laughs> I mean, well, Pokemon Go is still popular. It's not as big as it was when it was first launched, but people still play it. Yeah. I had to, um, There was a big event that happened yesterday, and I had to sort of there was people sort of hanging around with all their phones out because there was a big Pokemon event going on at that point. It was just a case of, okay, this is still a thing. It may not be the big cultural zeitgeist that it, that it was when it was first released, but it's still popular. So there's still an audience for that. True. Uh, in my opinion. It is. It's like not, it's not, as I say, not as popular as it was like back when it first came out, but it's still like, you know, people still play it. People still enjoy it. I need to get back into it at some point. I really need to. That's one thing I need to do. And Nick goes, where's playable Mario in Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Free <laughs> <laughs> uh, DLC to, uh, to say thank you for Mario and Rabbids. Yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> On that note now, we're going to go for our final uh, music break until we get to our third and final topic, and then we have the Throne of Games results as well. These songs have been selected by our good friend and uh, special guest of the show, Ian, aka The Random Genius. Um, so, Ian, these songs that you have picked, why did you pick these songs uh, for the show? Okay, so I, I could have picked so much um, for these two choices. Um... There was just so much to pick from. I am a huge fan of video game soundtracks, and I could have picked stuff like um, stuff from Banjo Kazooie. I could have picked stuff from Crypt of the Necrodancer, um, all sorts really. But in the end, I went up with two that I sort of thought was sort of really strong. Uh, the first one is Positive Force from the Letter V Six Times or VVV VVV, a really really cool indie game. Uh, by Terry Kavanagh. Um, it's can be complete fairly quickly. It's tough, but fair. It's got sort of a whole sort of uh, challenges, uh, challenges with its platforming and such. But the the entire soundtrack for that game is just superb. Um, it's very sort of chip tune esque, sort of very sort of retro. But it has so many sort of different layers and sort of iterations of the tracks. And I could have picked any of them. Um, but in the end, I went for Positive Force, which is um, just, just my favorite track in the entire game. And just because it's just so dynamic and fast and enjoyable. And the second one, which would probably come as no surprise to anyone that it comes from a Persona game. Um, in specific, Persona 5. Um, and this is Rivers in the Desert. And it's just a case of the entire Persona soundtrack is completely perfect, and it was just a case of as soon as you booted up the game, you got um, you got the title uh, track, um, get on, get on, get out there, and that was just okay. Yeah, that set the mood. And then you had Beneath the Mask, which is uh, melodial soliloquy, which is done sort of during the rainy days and sort of off days, and that fitted in. And it was just a case of every single track worked, and then. Um, and then Rivers in the Desert played. 
And for that moment, it was just a case of, wow, this is a thing. This has just done something phenomenal at this point in the game. And the best thing was, was that at that point, it was just the instrumental. The full track doesn't play until a later point, and you just go, oh, now things have got serious. And I just love that progressional um, soundtrack of music, the, the whole idea that things, the tracks, soundtracks evolve, time goes on, and it just was superb. And I fell in love with it as soon as I heard it. It is probably my favorite track from the entire game. It's probably my favorite track at this moment in time. Um, so yeah, Persona 5, Rivers in the Desert, and Letter V Six Times, Positive Force. Okay, so thank you very much indeed for that. And so yeah, as I say, yeah, let's kick things off right now. Starting off with Letter V Six Times, aka VVV VVV with Positive Force. Let's get replaying right now. And as I say, you're listening in to The Tally Ho Show with me, Andy. And me, James. And we have Ian, aka the random genius, as our special guest for today. So uh, this is a perfect time to get some refreshments, grab some snacks, and enjoy these tunes. And we'll be back in just a little bit.
there are three things you can do to obtain a happy, healthy life. Eat your five fruit and veg a day, explore the world, and listen to the Tally Ho Show podcast with Andy and James. The first two are optional.
And welcome back everyone. So yeah, those were the two songs that Ian aka the Random Genius picked for his music batch. What we just had on was Persona 5 Rivers in the Desert, really epic tune there. And then from uh, VVV, VVV, that was Positive Force. Now it's time to go on to our third and final topic, and for this one, it's Ian's topic. So Ian, what topic have you given us for, uh, for the show today? Ah, thank you, Andy. Um, basically, something that sort of really interests me is um, the whole idea behind gaming crossovers. Is that sort of how on, um, sort of how different companies can come together and just sort of think, okay, let's just see what this goes. And it's just the whole idea of gaming crossovers. So this is my question to um, both of you and to the chat: video game crossovers. What are the good ones? Which are the ones that need a bit more work? Which ones? are you really think should work and sort of potential pipe dreams and a whole sort of ideas like that okay so james would you like to start things off or i can start with up um i like the david cross songs uh some of them have got some fantastic ones uh the ones that really stick out for me uh, the main one professor later the phoenix Wright trilogy that uh, trilogy the uh, actual game itself i know what i meant mm. Um, there I might be that. a trilogy uh, in the future. Hopefully, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact um, with Professor Later because you had that bit of the puzzles and then you could go straight into a courtroom. And it was, I love Professor Later and Phoenix Wright games, so having them both together in the same goal, uh, game was just brilliant and I loved it. Um, the Super Smash Brothers as well was probably one that needs to be mentioned because that was probably one of the main ones that really started the whole big crossover sort of thing with all the characters from one certain franchise. And um, the main one, uh, another one that really came, that really sticks out, and I love playing it because just how ludicrous and absolutely crazy it would get was Lego Dimensions. Ah, yes. Yes, that and was, that was, that was uh, a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it did seem, a, I thought it was quite an odd sort of start to it, but the more I looked at it, to it, the more like when they were selecting certain characters, and I thought, actually, this won't be too bad. I quite like the idea of this. And then they finally brought out um, Doctor Who and Harry Potter, and I was more convinced to buy it. And then by the time I bought it, I realised they were bringing out something the Hedgehog one. I was like, yep, this is so reached straight away. And it's, amazing, and it's just funny because I managed, I want certain part of my member, I will. Sonic the Hedgehog flying a TARDIS around Hogwarts and you can't get more crazy than that if you wanted true true yes <laughs> unless you want to have um, a Jurassic Park uh, Raptor just sort of riding on the top of the TARDIS as well yeah definitely <laughs> just make things more exciting exciting with that <laughs> make things incredibly odd I'll give you that yeah um, what would your like bad ones be, James? Um, might need an improvement. Uh, actually, Nick Rex has kind of beat me to it. Uh, the Spiral and Crash uh, crossover one that they had. I remember that on the Game Boy Advance. I remember that on the Game Boys, and it was just. Yeah, that that was a thing. Yep. That that was a thing that existed <laughs> for a time. Yeah, although I don't think a lot of people like to be reminded of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, Spyro and Crash, moving on. <laughs> yeah, Spyro and Crash, and let's not talk about it. 
Oh, goodness. That was, that's definitely the one that sticks out for me, really. In regards to bad crossovers. I'm sure there's probably more that I can't really remember. But, uh, in regards to the ones I'd like to see, I haven't really thought about it, if I'm honest. I mean, it seems a bit stupid, but I can't think of a crossover I'd like to see. But I'm sure while you guys talk, I'll probably have a better idea. Hmm, okay. Well, Interesting. Yeah. For me, good crossover, I mean, you got like the project, the project cross zone. Like with like Namco, Capcom, and Sega teaming up with their character with like characters from their big franchises coming into like like a game, which was absolutely insane to see. Um, it, basically, it was the fanfic writer's uh, absolute uh, dream. Wet dream. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. And hey, it, it worked tremendously well. Uh, you know, I managed. I played the demo when it came out. I played a little bit of the game. I haven't fully completed it yet, but I managed to play like bits of like how how you do like the fighting mechanics and the style of it and how things work when you have like specific characters coming in, um, you know, from the different franchises teaming up and actually having like these awesome like combo moves and stuff. It's just absolutely amazing and tremendous to see. And so much so that they had a sequel. It probably yes. cost them too. I was going to mention that as uh, one of my choices, and yeah, Project Cross Zone and Project Cross Zone 2 are pretty much sort of the case of, okay, here are the, all these gaming franchises, let's see how we can get them to work. And it's just a case of, yes, this is awesome. This is absolutely ridiculous and the story makes no sense, but this is awesome. Exactly. I'm totally taken with the concept of it, and it's just a case of, I mean, who doesn't want to see X from Mega Man Fighting, uh, fighting alongside uh, Chris Redfield, um, fighting alongside um, tons of other characters, <laughs> and yeah, the, the the second one just is awesome because it's just it, it just takes that and lifts it up high. So you have even more characters involved, you have even more sort of uh, slight tweaks to the combat system, which make it a lot uh, better in my opinion. And you have the canonical game uh, explanation that Phoenix Wright knows Go, uh, Goro Majima and has in fact successfully defended him in court once. That is now canon, and it's like, <laughs> what do you think will happen with that? And it's like, what do you think will happen with that? You, <laughs> it's like, you, just, you don't know. You don't know. So, yeah, definitely that for, for sure, as I'd say, that would be great. Because it just works so well. Um, bad, we do, as I say, we had Spyro and Crash. Uh, the Game Boy Advance games, I never played them. I watched playthroughs of them, and it just... I'm glad I didn't play those games, because <laughs> it's like, it's just so strange. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good concept that's like, that would be really, really awesome. Like, it, it's a good concept where it's like, what would happen if Crash went to Spyro's world? What would happen if Spyro went to Crash's world? And just how things would ensue. So, in a way, it's like, it's an idea that I, I think a lot of people had, like, you know, because it's like, you had Crash and Spyro on the PlayStation, and they had, like, the, the friendly rivalry between the two and it was like you know with a naughty dog and insomniac so it's like you know it, you think you know, like it, it could work really well but then some of the game boy bands so of course it didn't work very well um one other thing as well um one bad crossover for me it's kind of 50 50 because it was awesome to see but how it got like showcased i mean showcasing was fine it's just when the games came out and they released uh, it didn't not as much as excitement as I thought it was going to be, and that is Mario and Sonic. When Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Sorry, James, are you going to say something? 
No, I was about to say, I think you're talking about Sonic and Mario, aren't you? Yes, indeed, I am, yeah. Mario and Sonic are the, Olymp- uh, the Olympic game series. Um, I When I first, I, I first time I heard about um, uh, these games coming out was when I was, well, I forget what T, it was on Bravo TV way back when, but it was a gaming review TV show. And uh, that's where I got all like my daily doses of like all the new games coming out and everything. And they were talking about Mario and Sonic. And it was like, for me, I was like, oh my God, this is like two really big game, like gaming characters, you know, mass gaming mascots that duked it out in the 90s just to see who would become the supreme mascot. They are now teaming up together to try, you know, just, just for the, for, for the Olympics. And it was like... I was really excited about it, but when the game came out, yeah, it's a it's a fun game. The the games are very enjoyable to play and everything, but the reception wasn't that strong for it, if I'm completely honest. And I felt like maybe more could have done better with it. Um, I do know that they tried to change things up a bit, especially when Mario and Sonic Olympic uh, Olympic Games of London 2012 came out, especially on the 3DS. They decided to make a story mode out of that, which I haven't played. I haven't played the 3DS version of the game. I just I've again seen playthroughs. Looks interesting. It's nice to see that they try and like change things around, but again, it's kind of just like I don't know. It just it just wasn't really a strong point for me. Um, I don't know if they're going to be making any more Mario and Sonic games because I know that. I think Nintendo are now focusing on like just focusing on just like the Mario characters having their own like sporting events and stuff. Um, so I think that might be all like dead and buried now. Um, but for crossovers, I like to see um, again as what Nick says, Spyro and Crash, one that isn't like the Game Boy games. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind like a, a main console like crossover between those two because maybe that's what it needed maybe Spyro and Crash maybe needed a crossover main platforming game um, on like say a pla- on PlayStation or on, like Nintendo Switch or Xbox I mean something like that could work um, handheld Game Boy just it just didn't work at all so maybe try it again I would like to see especially with like the HD remakes now been released you know maybe I, d- I doubt it would ever happen but you just never know um, but yeah something like that would be would be interesting to see um, yeah that's, that's something that's pretty much for me really of what I would go for uh, Ayn says Super Smash Bros Ultimate and Knuckles featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series yeah. <laughs> you do realise you've, you've said the name of the, t- of the game title wrong. It's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Golden FES, um, FES Full Bodied uh, Ultimate Edition for the 3DS and Knuckles featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Sorry, my bad. Of course, I, I knew I knew I'd forgotten something. <laughs> and Nick Rec- Edge says Fortnite slash Animal Crossing, <laughs> and everyone everyone wants an Animal Crossing Battle Royale. <laughs> Where, to- oh, where Tom me. Nook is the alter is the John Wick. <laughs> Tom Nook is the John yeah, Wick. It's of- just a case of sort of everyone must get the bells, get the bells, get the bells. Yes. Whilst Tom Nook's renovations just slowly circle in. Yeah. It's just like you know, in in Fortnite, there's a golden rule: never trust a John Wick. If there is an if there is an Animal Crossing Battle Royale game, the golden rule is never trust a Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick says Animal Crossing Viva Pinata crossover. I'm, that yeah, would, I can see those I working. Could, I could see that working too, actually. I mean, who, that would be pretty awesome to see. Ian, your uh, gaming crossover is good. Ones that could be improved on and ones you'd like to see. So, 
I, I just mentioned before, I loved Project Cross Zone and its sequel. I think they're absolutely fantastic and sort of really good uh, examples of how to do crossovers, that kind of thing. Smash Brothers, again, huge epic crossover uh, from different games within a single company, and then expanded into different characters from different uh, game series completely, including stuff that you wouldn't normally see on Nintendo consoles. I mean, heck, Solid Snake. Would you have expected him to have appeared in um, in Smash Brothers? No, definitely no. not. Particularly seeing as he only technically technically there were t- technically there's about two or three uh, games that Snake was on Nintendo consoles. He was on so, the NES. He was on the was it Metal Gear? The game, uh, the well, the original Metal Gear was on the MSX. Hmm. Let's not split hairs about that. Um, but there was the Game Boy um, Metal Gear game, and then there was the uh, GameCube remake of um, of MGS One. Hmm. So to sort of to take sort of a couple of titles, and then just suddenly put a stake in was phenomenal, and more so Cloud, because of course the only the only way people would have been played or seen Cloud on a Nintendo console solely Nintendo would have probably been from uh, Chain of Memories Kingdom Hearts. Hmm. Um, but that was a phenomenal thing. And I must admit, I love Marion Rabbits, which is, it just shouldn't work. The sort of the sort of the pinnacle of platforming Mario with the rabbits who hadn't been seen for many years, both of them combined together. You wouldn't think that they would work, yet it's so good. It's the XCOM game that's, that sort of is sort of fits perfectly with the switch it's sort of it's family-friendly turn-based um turn-based game which is perfect for nintendo it's got something to keep people interested who like stuff like uh, xcom and fire emblem and yeah it just hit the note perfectly and i love the game and i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next um and the, the crossovers i love are not purely defined by the companies themselves the fans also create their own um, crossovers per se and the, the one I've kind of gotten into is is um, I take it you uh, everyone has heard of the randomizers the whole idea where items are switched over in the games and stuff like Legend of Zelda Indeed. so the first chest isn't what you expect it to be um, they've done uh, they've now released um, a version of it where it's uh, linked to the past crossed over with Super Metroid with all the items between the games swapped over so you can have items from Metroid in either the Metroid game or in um, Link to the Past. You've got Link to the Past items in either Link to the Past or Metroid. And it's those kind of fan-based crossovers that I also enjoy as well. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. And it, if you haven't seen one of those um, runs or a race of that, um, do yourself a favor and look it up. It's, takes, it's about four hours per run because, of course, you're clearing two games, but it's just so much fun to watch. Um... In terms of bad crossovers, um, I think the, the one that everyone has mentioned is the Crash Spyro crossover. I think that was just a, a mistake of monumental proportions. Um, but not so much a, a series that had went wrong, but a crossover that just went badly because of um, because of um, office politics, more or less, was Marvel v. Capcom Infinite. Uh, I enjoyed Marvel v. Capcom 3. Um... But Infinite just killed it. 
infinite was just done in such a bad way that it was just you, you don't it was just a case of you don't know what to do with these characters you don't know how all this works and that was just a case of it was just a case of, oh we're doing crossovers because we can rather than no think about it these characters need to have some sort of agency and such rather than just sort of wandering around and if you're going to do, have them wandering around doing some weird and stupid stuff make it self-aware make them aware that this don't just play it serious that that just that sort of didn't work with me hmm. we apologize for the interruption to your regularly scheduled tally ho show Unfortunately, due to technical problems, the show has hit a minor issue. Or five. We will be back with you as soon as possible. You are currently in position 163 in the queue. We expect the show to be back between one to two weeks. Please hold for... Oh, really? Well, it seems Andy got his bike generator working and James has found some more 50p pieces to put in the meter. As such, we now return you to the Tally Ho Show. Okay, Ian, so you, say, you talked about uh, your good crossovers, you talked about the bad crossovers, so what are the crossovers that you really would like to see in uh, in video game? Well, I did a mention, well, I kind of mentioned to um, earlier on, um, that was actually um, Ace Attorney and Yakuza. Uh, there was an offhand comment made in Project Cross Zone in which uh, Phoenix Wright uh, successfully defended Goro Majima in court. You know, the renowned Yakuza uh, criminal and all-around meme lord. And it's just a case of that would actually work quite well. You could have Phoenix and co. do the investigative sort of uh, work with the sort of along with the um, jury side of things. And then you've got sort of the more sort of um, on-the-ground sort of more sort of action-oriented stuff with the Kiryu, and that would that would probably work quite well. Just to see the different mesh of styles and sort of say, yeah, these are two completely different groups working together for a common goal because there's something huge going down, and I think that would be a huge, huge uh, boon for both fan bases. Definitely. I mean, that would be that would be like a really interesting crossover. I would like to see like Yakuza and Ace Attorney, as you say, like you know. They do know each other, like as you said, with um, with the with the story, especially in Project Crosstone, uh, when they do mention each other. So I mean, it's like that would that would be interesting to see. Like I mean, who knows? Like Sega and Capcom might decide to do that in the future. I mean, I guess. considering the considering the first time you've had Phoenix Wright's already done its crossover with Professor Layton and it's worked perfectly, it would be like surprise that. Another Phoenix Wright crossover would be pretty decent. Can you imagine though, like you know, like Phoenix Wright, Yakuza, 
and you see the Yakuza characters in like the Phoenix Wright style, <laughs> like graphic style. Oh, crumbs! Yeah, um, just just Majima just trying to just being Majima in the court, and it's just a case of, um, can someone please control the weird man of the leopard skin coat? <laughs> Weirdly, he doesn't have a shirt. <laughs> oh god, I can picture that now in my head. <laughs> By, um, by, by, by the end of by the end of the third day, this, the judge has just given up. <laughs> uh, so yes, there's that. Um, something I also had a, a quick sort of think of, um, which would probably be quite interesting, would be something like XCOM and Metroid. Oh. You know, there's a sort of turn-based strategy of the XCOM games, much like Mario and Rabbits, or something like that, but with the space pirates and sort of all the creatures from. Uh, from Zeeps and SR388 with Metroids and such, and that would actually work quite well. Um, perhaps if they want to go slightly more down the Rabbits route, Metroid and Rabbits, and it's just a case of here's these giant parasitic jellyfishes with giant fluffy bunny ears. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that's that, funny. That does, and now that you mention it with like an XCOM slash Metroid game. I, I mean, again, that would work. I mean, if we're going on to like the XCOM like crossover thing, I wouldn't mind seeing like again, I'm because I'm a massive fan for this Star Fox with XCOM. Yes, yes, that would actually work, or perhaps um, Star Fox with some sort of RTS style game. Yeah, I mean, I mean that would work pretty well, and then you can actually have like the allies between Star Fox and Star Wolf again, much like you saw it in Star Fox Assault, that you have like all the characters, you know, that once fought each other and have now got to team up in order to like save the Lilac system and stuff from a new threat. Um, that could probably work really well. Um, new threat that is the time traveling rabbits. <laughs> the t- oh my god. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Mario plus Rabbids. You've seen Mario plus Rabbids. You've seen Donkey Kong plus Rabbids. Now get ready for Star Fox plus Rabbids. It's like <laughs> it'll be a cross between being very serious, but at the same time, just absolute random. Just, <laughs> just sort of very Star serious. Fox. Star, Star Fox, Fox and Rabbids. Star in, in space. Nobody hears your Rabbids. In space, nobody hears you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh god. See, and the funny thing is as well, is like, Pete, the uh, rabid Peach, because she cosplays characters, so she can cosplay Crystal. <laughs> See? And it'll just be like, it'll just be so weird. Like, my goodness. I also feel like we get a lot of, if this does happen, we'll be giving cosplayers a hell of a lot of ideas and room to sort of pull that off. See, all we gotta do, all we gotta do, well, I mean, you know, because Ubisoft's, like, you know, linked up with Star Fox for, you know, with one of their other games, as we talked about in the E3 uh, discussion, so we can ask Ubisoft, say, hey, make a Star Fox plus Rabbids game, give it to, uh, you know, Miyamoto, and Miyamoto will be like, I like it, use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, considering the, the huge success that Mario Rabbids um, is... It wouldn't surprise me that uh, Nintendo would give Ubisoft some more licenses to work with. Oh, definitely. Because then it'd be the it would be such uh, such a thing, and it wouldn't just be rehashing the Mario again and again. Because although that would be cool, it would just feel a bit samey. Yeah. You could have all these famous Nintendo franchises combined with the rabbits who, as we know, have their teleporting uh, washing machine. Yes. 
um, that would actually work really well, and it would just have that would just be an entire span of things, which are just basically the rabbits sending up stuff from that specific genre, so or game series. So you'd have something like the the very serious, dramatic, sort of um, ethereal, sort of Metroid-esque area, and then you'll just sort of ha- under, undercut that with some of the past, yeah, uh, pastiches and such uh, from that genre, and sort of sort of go sort of through like the sunken ship in Super Metroid and it's just a case of the rabbits just flicking on and off the light switches. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion with <laughs> Oh my gosh. I didn't think of that. That would be that would be interesting to see. That would be. I mean yeah when you say like because you know the rabbits have like the teleportation um, like teleporting washing machine i mean it's like it could work out pretty well what they could do is is like in the like for future games as opposed to like hashing out like the same like with mario plus rabbits they go to like other nintendo franchises i mean it's like you could see like a story plot made into that in a way with like the rabbits it's like oh they went to the mushroom kingdom and now in like donkey kong's like territory like where are they gonna go next and then it's just like boom they're all of a sudden like say in metroid or in Star Fox. Or they're in Earthbound, you know. It's like, I mean, Earthbound why, would be interesting. Why stop? But why stop at Nintendo? Maybe go over to Sega because I'd love to see <laughs> the rabbit rabbits of the Sonic universe and see one of them become Super Rabbit. Um, I honestly, I honestly thought you were going to say Rabbit's Yakuza there. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! The ra- wow! Ra- that's, ra- that's a- Ma- Majima, Majima Rabbit. There, no, I want to see that. I want to see a Majima Rabbit now. Right, somebody get, somebody get Nintendo, the Rabbit Rabbits on the phone. I think we are onto something here, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, I mean, Yakuza is on, like, is somewhat on a Nintendo console in Japan only? Because wasn't Yakuza on the Wii U? I think, was it Yakuza 5 or Yakuza 0? I don't know, actually. I heard a, I heard something that it was good in Japan, that, that Yakuza is on Nintendo, on the, on the Wii U. So, I mean, you could say that maybe Ra- Yakuza plus Rabbits... Maybe it might be Japan only, but it would be. I apologise for ruining everyone's concentration with this discussion. Oh God, no! This is this is amazing. This is a great way in we order to. We have come up with some great ideas here. Indeed, indeed. I think on that note, now let's go in with a uh, with a conclusion uh, with some of uh, of the stuff. Um, so, James, uh, good crossovers, bad crossovers. Ones you like to see? Uh, good crossovers was uh, the. Uh, Phoenix Wright, Professor Layton, and I really like the Sonic and Mario ones as well. Bad Wars was, of course, the old GBA for Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. Uh, to be honest, what we like to see, it's definitely what we've just discussed now, because I want to see the Rabbit Rabbits and Sega. Oh, God. Yeah, I think after talking about that, anything with Rabbids in, I think, would be would be a win in my books. Um, <laughs> bad, definitely, for me, Mario and Sonic, and also um, Spyro and Crash. Mario and Sonic, I mean, yeah, it, 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 they tried well, um, but I, I just think it just wasn't as strong as I uh, thought it was going to be. Um, and, yeah, Ian, what, what were your ones? Good ones, bad ones, ones we like to see? Um, the good ones, obviously, I've mentioned before, Mario plus Rabbids, um, Smash Brothers, of course, the, the biggest Nintendo crossover, mm-hmm. um, and also some of the fans side stuff as well, such as uh, Legend of Zelda, Metroid, randomized crossovers, which I'm really a huge fan of, uh, just shows that crossovers are not just limited to the big companies, the fans themselves can create some really inventive ones. Um, the bad ones, as mentioned previously, Crash and Spyro. 
it's amazing that all three of us have listed this down as one of the, the worst crossovers that we've experienced. I mean, as I say, for like, if, if it wasn't on the Game Boy Advance, if it was on like PlayStation or like third party, if it was on like next gen consoles, it would work. It would honestly work so, so well. I honestly think. It would put, they probably would have put more effort into it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. again, as I would say, maybe like now that with Spyro Trilogy and coming out and you've got the Crash Trilogy, maybe they might do that maybe in the future. Don't know, but that would be, that'd be really cool to see. And um, Pipe Dreams, things I would love to see. I think we can basically sum this up as Rabbids, Yakuza, Phoenix Wright. Oh, God. Phoenix Wright plus Rabbids. <laughs> <laughs> and my job here is done. <laughs> It'd just be like, objection. <laughs> <laughs> the judge is standing there just going, did you say objection or that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, all I know is that that one's wearing, holding a whip, and it's looking decidedly edgy. <laughs> On that note, everyone, it's now time for this. <laughs> it's time for the throne of games. <laughs> I love the fact that you told us to this in advance. I just, just, I just started to like smooth onto that segue after that, after, after the whipping. <laughs> it's like, hmm good time for to doing what we need to do um so yeah guys as i say it's now time for the throne of games as um thank you to everyone that did vote um so once i get the i'll quickly try and grab the uh poll for this whilst i'm doing that james you want to discuss uh, with what has happened throughout this uh event what you mean as in the whole of throne of games or just just what's this right now just this episode of the throne of games Okay, so for those people who've just joined us in, we were taken on the throne of games where King Diddy Kong was taken on by Miles Edgeworth from the Phoenix Wright saga. And basically it was up to you guys to vote who should be our new or returning King of the Throne of Games. And as we said, this vote comes down to you guys. You get to vote on who wins and whoever does goes on to next week's grand finale. There's, there's going to be something very special happening on episode 9 with the Throne of Games. So if you want to find out exactly what's going to happen and which character is going to be able to be in the said finale, just uh, tune in to the next episode, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But we have the poll up now. We have the poll. Is, uh, we got it all set. So I think we should do a dramatic drum roll. And then, James, uh, it's down to you to, to give us the results. Okay, give me a second. I've got a good drum roll theme right here. Perfect. Anxiously waiting now. It's all about waiting. That's how you do it. <laughs> it's how you I do swear it. If he's, how you get their I, attention. I swear, if he's not using bongos, it's an opportunity missed. Uh, <laughs> I do. Look at the bongos. Damn it, James. You had one job. I know, man. I have, I know, man. I have one job. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen. Are we ready? Do it. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Throne of Games episode eight is the jury has found in favour of Miles Edgeworth. He is our winner. Hugh Confetti falling from the ceiling as the uh, as the gallery claps in admiration. Absolutely, <laughs> five four votes to two votes. Miles Edgeworth has claimed the throne of games. And again, our special guest 
has won on the throne of games. I think that's now four to four, is that Andy? I, I think it is. We've had four guests on, and every single guest that have come on during this season, they have won. <laughs> Berks, I'm, Berks, I'm glad Berks. I wasn't the one to buck the trend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, thought fourth time lucky, but obviously it wasn't. <laughs> Damn it, Andy, we had one job. We had one job, and we, we can't seem to do it, so... However, it's because you mentioned cart games. <laughs> given, given your history with cart games, I thought that was something you'd be steering away from. Well, <laughs> unfortunately that wasn't the case. <laughs> but yes, congratulations to, uh, to Ian and to Miles Edgeworth, who is now our new king of the throne of games. So... We all have hell Miles. all hail Miles, but but because that means he is the king, he is now entered into the, as I like to call it, the final showdown of the Throne of Games. Ooh, yes, it is. Uh, in order to uh, find out exactly what it is we're going to be doing for this final showdown, you're going to have to tune in to the next episode of the Tally Ho Show, uh, which is going to be uh, on Sunday, July eighth. Sunday, July 8th is when we are going to be going live next time with, uh, with the Tally Ho Show. So hopefully you can be able to come by, listen in then, and find out exactly what's going to happen. And who, who's gonna, what's going to happen with the Throne of, Gra- Throne of Games, pretty much. Um, we won't get into too much detail. We'll only get into too much detail once the show starts. I'll, you know, I'll put it in a bit of a suspense, so to say. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. But yeah, I've... oh sorry James, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, if it did. Fair enough, fair enough. But I think on that note, that is it. That is the end of the show. We have, uh, episode eight is uh, well and truly completed. So, and I'm, sh- and I'm very happy that nothing happened during the show that stops us from doing it. <laughs> to- totally, yeah, totally not. I don't know. You haven't yes. listened to an, un- you haven't listened to a Tally Host show with- and has been absolutely uninterrupted at all any time whatsoever. I think I've heard the five-minute pilots. I think that went well without a hitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, my thanks to, my thanks to, of course, as like to everyone that has tuned in to the show, whether they listen to the uh, the show live, or if you listen to this on the podcast, whether it's on SoundCloud or iTunes, hopefully you enjoyed yourselves listening to another episode of Utter Randomness. My thanks to Ian, aka the Random Genius, for uh, coming on and being a, uh, being a guest on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. I hope you uh, allow me back at some point in the near future. Oh, heck yeah, definitely. Like, if Absolutely. You... <laughs> Let us know when you want to come back on and we will get you straight back in, sir. <laughs> Depending on um, if anyone else wants to come on, because we're British and we have to form an orderly queue. Yes, oh, of course, of course. You, you have to take a ticket from the ticketing system. Exactly. And then sort of Andy oh, will just have... go... Andy will go... Go to cashier number one, please. That's exactly what Go I was to Tallyho number two, please. <laughs> uh, you have to have it in like, yeah, you got to do it in like the uh, in the ladies' voice as well, like cashier number five, please. <laughs> surely it'll be surely we'd have it instead. I have like a ticket, and it'll be like episode eight, please. Yeah. <laughs> the waiting queue time is two weeks and twelve hours. <laughs> And 37 minutes. And five seconds. <laughs> Just give like the full amount of like, how long it's going to take. 
And as well, I want to give a big thank you to uh, to my partner in crime, James. As always, it's always a pleasure doing this show with you, sir. And it's been a pleasure, an absolute spiffing time to do it with you too, mate. Indeed. The love, the love is strong. The love is strong right now. I can feel it. It's so good. Well, I think it's love, but it's also blackmail. That's the only reason we're still friends. Yeah, I mean, that too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about pure friendship anymore. It's a case. It's just literally a case of. So why are you still friends with him? It's because you two share an unspoken bond. No, nope, it's because he knows too much about me. And oven gloves. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we never speak of the oven gloves. And people, people that are probably listening in are thinking, "What the hell are they talking about?" Well, we'll discuss that maybe next time, sometime in the future. <laughs> We'll leave that in. We'll leave... Ooh, plot spoilers. Ooh, plot spoilers. Oh, give away episode nine. I love. I love. Bring the people in. <laughs> yes, because people are going to be like other myths. What's this about other myths? I must find out. Next week's show. Yes. Tune into episode nine on Twitch.tv forward slash The British Handy to just find out about other myths. I don't care about video games. I just want to know what about the myths, man. <laughs> we're going to start a trend, isn't it? Tell us the myths. Tell us the myths. Oh my god, hashtag, hashtag the mitts. <laughs> I'm imagining you guys uh, selling branded Tally Ho Show oven mitts. Oh dear. I said about I said about selling stuff like that, and Andy said no. What? No, I, I didn't say no. I said let's just wait it out, shall we? Give it to me, the council said no. no what, okay. We'll, we'll discuss this late. We'll discuss this later, James. We'll discuss <laughs> we'll, this later. I'll discuss this with you later. Indeed, indeed. But right now, it is uh, it is time to uh, to say goodbye and to also play off our new King's theme. This is what Ian has requested from Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. It's the theme of Phoenix Wright, so you're going to have to listen to an absolute banging of a tune. And then to end things off, we are going to be playing for you from Pokemon Battle Revolution. It is the credits theme. Now, something nice and soothing and relaxing to uh, to end off the show. So, let's say, guys, uh, this has been the Tally Ho Show with me, Andy. And me, James. And you've been uh, listening as well to the soothing voice of Ian, aka the Random Genius, again. Thanks so much for coming on, good sir. And until next time, have a very good rest of your day, our morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And we'll speak to you all very, very soon. Take care, and bye-bye for now. Goodbye. Goodbye. And thanks for stopping by.
Thank you.